Welcome to the 57th episode of the Nerdum and Other Nonsense Anime Podcast. Today we are bringing you the second half of our summer 2018 season first impressions based on the first few weeks of shows. As always, we include timestamps in the description of the YouTube video and podcast feed if you only want to hear about one or two specific shows, since we will be spoiling everything. My name is Leo, and I'm Grand Blue dreaming of my happy sugar life in the haunted hot springs on a planet with music <laughs> girls who rent Tsukumogomi from the workshop of fun on Chio's school road where cells at work receive starlight <laughs> reviews from the master of Ragnarok and the angels of death before my hero attacks Titan with a badminton racket. I've now said my legal required number of words for this episode, so I'll leave the rest to my co-host, Be Calm and Cat. Oh, that was a sick burn. Good job, Leo. That was smooth. That was that really was good. That was really good. That was really good. Yes. So many words. I had so much fun writing that. I could tell. As soon as I opened I, the doc read it for the first time, I was I like, can he just grinned imagine, the entire time. Yeah, he he had that like, smirk on his face, and he's like lifting his yes. hands up with a flourish as he types it. He's like... <laughs> yeah, if you were wondering which shows we're covering, uh, this podcast in particular, every single one of them is in that oh. line that I just read. Uh-huh. In some form. <laughs> yes, in some form. Oh, okay. We got a big-ass review this time around. This one's pretty oh, yeah. nice. Big, sexy iTunes review. It's in so, fact... Yeah, go for yes, it. Yes, <laughs> it's too big for just one sexy voice. Oh, and shit. And for the first time ever, I think all three of us are going to have to be sexy <laughs> to make this review worthwhile. <sighs> so, yeah, whenever you want to start, I'll, Leo, tell sure. us who this is from. So this one is titled, Excited to Have Found This Podcast. It's from Kali from Canada, which is kind of cool. So, started with episode 47 and 52 and loved them both for different reasons. I think it's very commendable how through you, you all are. Everything, bleh. <laughs> okay, I did it. I was great earlier. That I just uh. on top of being so insightful and entertaining, a standout moment for me was a review of the new Legend of Galactic Heroes in episode fifty-two. So great! <laughs> you guys provide such compelling perspectives. I'm not too sure how much detail I should explain my enjoyment of particular points in each podcast, so as not to ramble. But the discussion and commentary you guys had about the Iserlorn Fortress episode and the political state of affairs involving it was very thoughtful and refreshing in its fullness. I listened to two other anime podcasts, and they are great as well, but tend not to expound on certain themes as well as y'all do. <laughs> Again. I'm really impressed by the thoroughness and balanced nature of your perspectives, dialogue, etc. Considering this podcast isn't super huge yet, I feel like a spoiled child when I look at how many more hours of this podcast there is to consume. Smiley face. Right. Thanks for getting together and creating such an awesome experience, guys. Heart. <laughs> Thank you, Kali. Is that heart or smooch? <laughs> That's heart. Okay. <laughs> that was amazing, Becom. Becom has a good, sexy oh, voice. Welcome. This is what we learned today. <laughs> I don't get to use it very often. It's really depressing. <laughs> okay. All right. So we should jump in. We got Friday, Saturday, and Sunday shows. That's just how it divided up. And I, I would say most of the good shows of this season air from Friday to Sunday. So we're in for a good podcast. Mm-hmm. Most of them. I don't know. But yeah, let's kick it off with Fridays and Chio's School Road. Um, so this was, this is a pretty basic just gag show. Uh, Chio is a very imaginative girl 
and she gets into all kinds of like hilariously weird situations on her way to school. Uh, she has a best friend named Manana, and she's just as bad. And Chio has this habit of staying up all night and playing video games. So she's like always fatigued the next day, which is probably helping with her delusions. <laughs> One of the best parts so far, I thought, was in the second episode when Manana tries to become more popular and leave Chio behind by talking with like a girl named Yuki who's like popular and everything. And mm-hmm. the thing is, Yuki's like taking it upon herself to just be friendly to Chio. And that, that, that cracked me up. She's like, just leaving you behind. I used you. And Chio's like, you wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> but i do I mean, it's definitely a funny show but as far as far as the discussion topic i'm not sure we get into it too much i don't know it's definitely I, a fun watch yeah i mean it is it's more action than anything else but i think we could find things to talk about like i love all the shit that shio gets into because at the beginning she talks about how she's doing all this wacko stuff because like she wants to make a good first impression at school but then every fucking time she does it she ends up making like a worse and worse impression for herself <laughs> like in the first episode <laughs> she she's everyone basically thinks she's a prostitute although i don't know if they figured out if it's her yet but like i feel like that's gonna come back to bite her like someone's gonna recognize it like that teacher <laughs> and he's gonna be like i yeah. need to help this poor soul um, <laughs> but I, I also don't understand some of the weird like comedy that the show gets into like the in the was it the first episode where the the guy in the suit who is just ridiculously yeah. almost comically evil to that like ri- also ridiculously bouncily boobed girl <laughs> like I yeah. I, I, de- I deemed mom, her yeah, yeah like, oh by mom yeah, basically because she oh, just oh mom yeah for sure <laughs> like what the fuck is what was that even for I don't know <laughs> like. Well, she know. just yeah, had a kid, she's weird. breastfeeding. I don't know, her boobs would be bigger. <laughs> well, I mean, but that's not why they put that scene. I mean, I hope they didn't put that entire scene in there just so they could be like, look, it's Opie mom. Look look at her glory. I don't know. <laughs> like, I think part of it is definitely that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do also like the social awkwardness in this in this anime, like, like you were talking about earlier, Leo. Like, And they also have scenes where it'll be something like, Oh, is this person waving at me? I don't know if they are or not, so I'll just fall into the garbage <laughs> to like not have to choose. Yeah, that's like, as, like as an introverted person, I really appreciated that scene where I she's think, like, yeah. she must be waving at the person behind me. How do I get out of this situation without an awkward interaction? And she's like, the only way is to dive headfirst into this garbage pile. I actually, I actually like, like the part better where she's like waiting in the gas station and she's like, I need to wait until she leaves because I've totally done that before. And I was like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's that's amazing, Kat. I can't believe you had to do that. Well, <laughs> I mean, things happen. Um, yeah, I my favorite scene so far though is probably the the motorcycle scene where this Chio owns this dude by the end of the scene. Like she backs this mm-hmm. dude down. Like she knocks him out on accident after he's upset that she like nervous laughed at him, which I totally like related to because i do that when i'm really nervous or really upset about something sometimes i'll like laugh (laughs) but i don't really mean to laugh (laughs) um yeah it's just like one way to like get out of that like weird situation yeah (laughs) um and so she like accidentally knocks him out pushes over his bike kind of on accident and then she and then she just sits on his bike and is like i've seen some she went to move it and I, yes. I, I immediately knew she was going to drop that. I'm like, that that bike was probably 600 pounds, r- roughly. Exactly. 
So, so Leo, I knew you would love center. this part. <laughs> so as soon as I knew it got you would love center, this part. There's no way her little frame was holding that bike. It was going down. <laughs> I was thinking of your complaints about like Kino's journey when she was like, you're like, she can't take that bike up those stairs into this hotel. Like, how did she get that bike there, in here? There, I was like, there was just Leo's going to love this scene. She, it, it, <laughs> in, uh, the other show where she's walking uphill, uphill on like even just flat concrete. I'm like, you know, you're pushing a couple hundred pounds. I mean, it's just no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, she, and then she sits on the bike and she just like reams him Owns with this it. ridiculous speech. She's like, I've seen some shit. And then he's just like, oh, I love you forever. Let me drive you to school. And I, can't, I also can't believe she got away with just keeping the helmet on and like no one found <laughs> out it was her. What the hell? Well, Bloody butterfly. I don't think it mattered to her or not. They were just like impressed. <laughs> Um, and then also, yeah, fake it till you make it. I don't know how I feel about that weird scene where they like kiss each other, kind of. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I'm like, is this supposed yeah. to be an eavesdropping? Like a... Oh yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really know how I feel about that, <laughs> but we'll see. <laughs> but it's entertaining. It's um, good. I will say my favorite joke was at the beginning of episode two when she's talking about like how she spent all night gaming against like some foreigners playing like a shooter, and like some foreign player like messages her and she's like, I know how to respond to this. And she takes out like her phone and Google translates how to call him a cunt. <laughs> no, he called her a cunt. No, yeah, he called her a cunt. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. I thought it was yeah. her like and that, translating. And then, like, and then she insult. got all fired up and that's why she stayed up all night gaming. <laughs> oh, okay. I totally misread that. I thought she was like translating how to call him one. No, she's, like, she yes. was translating what he called her to see what it meant. Yeah, that would have been and funny too though. <laughs> Either way, it's really funny. I was just like, oh yeah, this is online shooters. This is exactly how they are. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I like this show. It's really funny. I'm definitely going to keep watching it because uh, it's just like a good like relax and like see how things go kind of like comedy and is very absurd. But I don't know. I As far as comedies go this season, I kind of like Asobi Asobase a little bit more. So, I I mean, we'll yeah. talk about that later. But yeah. yeah. Next yeah. one. All right. Yeah. Angels of Death on Crunchyroll, which is based on a game. Uh, and you can really tell it is. Uh, like, I think we said in our like preview episode when we talked with Mandy about this, it's based on an RPG Maker game. And it really shows in like the anime adaptation. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Like, Rachel, the main character, is this um, little, like, blonde lolly girl who's like very monotone and she's the main character in the game like if you've ever played it and like basically she is trapped in this weird warehouse that has like a bunch of different floors i don't even know if it's a warehouse it's like a big building um, floors and are levels basically in a yeah. game each with their own only, unique boss it's oh, it's so gamey <laughs> yeah yeah and then there's this character isaac or zach um who is like this crazy dude who's really dumb and he's trying to like get <laughs> out of this building as well but like she, he can't do it on his own because he's just too stupid to solve the puzzles he is really um, stupid and at first like i agree yeah. <laughs> like at one point it's like you just stand in front of a door and he like just keeps hitting it repeatedly and like she just walks down and like pushes a button and opens it <laughs> and it's like what the yeah, fuck exactly <laughs> like, like so he's hopeless without her um and so like at first he's trying to kill her but then she makes a deal with him that like she'll help him get out of this place and in return she wants him to kill her once they've escaped 
Cause like she remembers some things about her past that she like thinks like she has to die for to atone for, I assume. I don't know and if it's to I atone. I kind of forgot. I don't really know if it's to atone yeah. or if it's just because like she can't handle it. Like no, she had yeah. like, she has some like flashback or memory that we don't get to see, and then she's like, "I have to die," and you're like, "Okay," <laughs> you just <laughs> yeah. have to accept it. <laughs> yeah, I do agree with yeah. you. Become it is very obviously a video game, like. To a point where there are a lot of anime based on video games, but like this was almost a little comical at points. Like there's this one (laughs) scene where like that scythe guy is smashing graves and it's very obviously like that in the game this was a special like mini game or something because just the tone and pickaxe too. Yeah. And the way they like shift like tones and the music changes, like it's very obvious like that was some special event in the game or something. Yeah, and then um, the literal switch on the floor that opens a door. Come yeah, on, like, such a like video she, game you, thing. You can tell that like she is net, like she is controlling his character as like a secondary character because there's a point where she's like, "You need to go to the, in the water and stand on this lever," and he like gets in the water and does it, and then it like opens a door and she has to go off and. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god!" Yep. <laughs> yeah, I'd say one of the other things I really complain about is probably Rachel's personality. She's just so deadpan and like dead in her eyes and like she's not emotional now. I think she was a better character when she was emotional. Yeah. But, it's yeah. also weird how she shifts like that. Like she'll go from these points where she does have some emotion and then for a while she'll be like, I am a dead doll and nothing in the world matters to me. Oh. <laughs> And yeah, she, exactly. And she goes back and forth between, I, and I do think that they do it on purpose. Like it's supposed. To, this whole show is either some sort of religious allegory or like some sort of psychological drama. Like in my 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 theory is it's either like a dream that she is having, or it's some sort of religious allegory thing, like of hell. Right? Makes sense. Um, yeah. And and they don't want to give you too much information, and so they want her to be as deadpan as possible, so that they're not giving you too many clues. Um, but it is—it's not fun to to be around a character all the time that's just like dead-eyed <laughs> doll girl, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I agree with the hell allegory uh, thing you said because like it could be just like Dante's Inferno, like descending through the floors is like descending through the different layers of hell. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it could totally be that. But I don't think this is as smart as Dante's Inferno. Well, <laughs> like, what, it's a show. What do you do? You think that the two pupils and the one eye like represent something, or do you think that's just some weird shit that someone came up with in their head? It. Hmm. If I thought harder about it, it probably would represent something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question, actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, yeah, I agree with Leo about the personality because, like, when you have somebody who has, like, a really, like, dull personality, you need, like, another lead character to kind of, like, carry everything. And Zach, as crazy and weird as he is, doesn't really carry the show charismatically. Like, say, in uh, another show, which we're not really talking about because it's a Netflix show and it doesn't have good subs, but High Score Girl is out this season. Uh, and the main girl in that show never talks ever. And yet I love her so much. Like she's fantastic. Like she's a great character, <laughs> but like it's, and it's also because like the here. guy who is always playing games with her carries it. You so, heard it here, folks. Yeah. What Becom really wants is a girl that never <laughs> opens her mouth. And beats you. <laughs> beats me at video games constantly. Yes. Makes me feel inadequate at video games. That's what I really need. <laughs> oh, God. 
Uh, how about you serve us the next show, Becom? Okay, you have nothing else to say about uh, this no. one before we move on? It's just boring. Sure. Well, okay, I'll say, I, I might watch it for a little bit longer just because I know I'll never play the game, but it's nothing good. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing that you should, that we want to cover, for sure. So I agree. Yeah. yeah. All right, sorry for ruining your fantastic transition, Leon. Um. I'm really sorry. <laughs> but the next show served up is Harukana Receive. Which is a beach volleyball anime from uh, Studio C2C, which I finally found out means challenge to challenge, which is kind of like a cool name for an anime studio. It's like, we're Mm. moving from challenge to challenge. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it's directed by like the guy Toshiyuki uh, Toshiyuki Kobooka, who directed like the Berserk Golden Age arc movies. So like a pretty decent director. Yeah. but yeah, this is just like a light, fun show about girls playing beach volleyball. Like basically this one girl's cousin like comes to like stay with her uh, for like a year or something, go to her school. And like she like picks up playing beach volleyball like the first day they get there, like they go see the beach and then they see like a volleyball court on the beach. And then she gets really interested in it because like this cousin's like former volleyball partner and her new that girl's new partner are like playing. And so they play like a match and they get like destroyed by these really good volleyball players. But then where they were like like, the national champions, too. (laughs) (laughs) They're really good. Yeah. But, like, yeah, like, the main girl, like, who's, like, the cousin who's coming to this town and gets, like, really excited about it. And she wants, she kind of reignites that spark in her cousin who kind of lost it as well. Um, But that's about as serious as the show gets. Like, for the most part, it's, like, equal parts, like, showing you, like, how you play beach volleyball. Like, the strategy of it and the mechanics of it. Mm -hmm. And, like, learning that and teaching it. Yeah, And then equal parts, like, these girls are really friggin' cute and they're in bikinis. (laughs) And, and they, it's they really snap cute. them sometimes. Yeah, no. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I did like the little eccentricities that they were showing you of like beach volleyball and what makes it so difficult, like having to jump on the sand. And they have scenes where, yeah. like the the really tall girl, what's her name? Um, Haruka. Haruka. She's she like try. She's like, I'm really good at jumping. I've got this. And like she finds <laughs> out quickly that. <laughs> It doesn't work that way because <laughs> she's jumping on sand. And then they talk about how yeah. the wind blows unpredictably and affects the game. Um, yep. and it, it's interesting. There was also a part where they're like, oh, all these people in beach volleyball, like they have to wear these super tight swimsuits because otherwise like <laughs> they, your boobs could come all out or something. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, they explained it that sand kind of gets in everywhere well, unless that, it's basically a tight sand. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I was just like, well. And then there's like one time where yeah. <laughs> well, one of the one of the other girls is watching Haruka practice, I think, and she's like doing her jump practicing and she's the girl's like, "You know, every time you jump, I'm getting like a full like image of down there." And she's like, "No." So they like go buy like a new like bathing suit to like that has more coverage basically. <laughs> so it's funny. I like I like how they work the fan service into the show in a way that doesn't feel unnatural most yeah. of the time. Like mm-hmm. there's a couple times when it's like, okay, this is just kind of fan service for fan service sake, but like not too often. And uh, yeah, like for most of the time, it's like, oh no, it's just like they are wearing bathing suits like this because that's what you do in beach volleyball, and like like there's gonna be a lot of fan service in beach volleyball just because <laughs> of the way it is. So yeah, 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 they, yeah. they do balance so, yeah. it well. They do. Yeah, mm-hmm. more or less of what everything Bcom said. Uh, 
it starts off early with like a little bit of mystery surrounding uh, Kanata's past with beach volleyball, but then you quickly find out what it was in episode two, and they solve it and just get that shit out of the way, which I was like, yes. <laughs> so now we can focus on like some rivalry and you know just people want just to be like i want to beat the next person you know i come across uh the the drama in the, those first two matches was done really well i liked i thought it was super entertaining i also like this little thing that they're doing with their eyes i'm sure you guys have picked up on this too right well which thing to explain it the coloring of their eyes oh maybe I think- like the so they'll have like green eyes like mm-hmm. it, it so like haruka kanata both i think they had green eyes but then there's like a red that kind of sits at the bottom so it makes her eyes really pop and then the other oh, yeah yeah and then the other girl in the roomie i think she had purple and then they put a mm-hmm. little yellow on the bottom so mm-hmm. like and these are uh complementing colors so they mm-hmm. each make each other stand out so it's just oh, that's it's, cool yeah it's just really cool to see them pop like that uh I didn't get to see the blonde girls yet, but I'm sure they're equally just as probably green or something. Crazy. Yeah, I forget. Yeah. Um, I will say, like, as they introduce like new pairs of girls, like there is definitely some Yuri shipping going on in this show. Like, oh, yeah. uh, just like mostly undertones, but like a little bit of like hinting that like, well, oh, some some of these things could go somewhere. Well, Ayasa yeah. call literally calls Kanata Narumi's ex. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it reminds so. me. It reminds me of New Game. Like, you remember how a New Game, like, mm-hmm. there's definitely Yuri shipping, and, like, it's pretty obvious what they're doing, but it's never, like, too ridiculous, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's that kind of feel. If you liked New Game, you might like it. <laughs> I think it's better yeah. than New Game, honestly. <laughs> but I actually do, too. I, I yeah. enjoy this more than New Game, probably because, like, none of the girls are really lollies. <laughs> that's, that's probably why. <laughs> like, except for Kanata is pretty small. But, like, beyond that, they're all like, oh, yeah, these are high school girls. Yeah, but like, she's, yeah. it's still believable with her, though. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, It's also more yeah. sporty, and I like sporty yeah. shows, so. Yep. Yeah, and it's, yep. it's a relaxed sports show, which seems, like, perfect for summer. Exactly. So, yeah, I like it. Um, but oh, we have shit. to move on. Oh shit! This, this show. Here comes the Cow edge. Sugar life. Here comes the edge. Okay. Oh, From God. the director of Action Heroin Cheer Fruits. <laughs> oh, girl. And actually, there's two directors on the show. The other director, um, Nobuyushi Yanagayama, directed My Girlfriend's a Show Bitch. Also. Oh my gosh! Uh, what a weird oh, show. Yeah, why don't you tell us well, about this? The, the director also. Uh, Oh, what you, is there two directors? Yeah, there's two directors on the show. Like, I, I don't know if one of them is like head director and the other is like a sub director. Well, the other one just co-directing. Well, Keizo Kusakawa <laughs> did action hair and cheer fruits and Aho yeah. Girl. No, but like, yep. look at the weird switch. Like, they've got the guy who worked on Aho Girl and the guy who worked on the Royal Tutor, which is just some like cutesy show. Like, yeah. now they're just so, like, it's a weird switch. Oh, man, I, now they're just when animating. I went to watch this show. Uh-huh. Yeah. So when I went to watch this show, I did I watched my shows in the wrong order. I watched Horror Receive just before this. Oh, so no. you know, like I'm all happy and I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> so like starting this show is just like a literal snap of my neck. It's just, just the change of the atmosphere. I was like, oh my God, this is so crazy. <laughs> but I only watched the first episode. I did not want to watch the second episode, but it's just <laughs> shitty people getting their justice hurt. So then 
I mean, if that well, you like that shit, then it's for you. But it, I mean, it, it's like it's like the Ed show of the season. It's literally like strap in, kids, hold on for the ride because we got <laughs> we got a checklist here. Cute girls cutting people into pieces and disposing of the bodies uh, in little plastic bags. Check. Mm. <laughs> a little girl in dire danger from not one but several psychopaths all vying to do diff- different degrees of fucked up shit. Check. <laughs> not one but several <laughs> characters with rape fantasies. Check. Not one, but several stalkers. Check. Like, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And, like, the whole thing revolves around, like, these two main characters who are named Sato, who is, like, the older girl with the pink hair, and Shio, who is the little girl. And, you know, those Sato and Shio literally mean sugar and salt, respectively, in Japanese. And so, like, happy sugar life is, like, Sato is always, like, she's had a really screwed up childhood. And she clearly wants that, like, innocence that she lost through her her childhood. And she's trying to get it by, like, like kidnapping Shio, keeping her in this apartment, and like every time she comes home to her, like having like a little pretend like marriage vow with this little like seven year old girl, uh, which gives her it raises her sugar levels, is how she says it basically is like her personal happiness. Like she's in love with this, the innocence of this little girl, uh, which is really creepy. Um, and obviously like (laughs) you want shio to escape this situation somehow so happy and like i don't really understand how how she is so happy like do you think that shio has brainwashed her and that's why she doesn't seem to like know that she's been kidnapped or (laughs) that like she's i haven't seen enough to even think (laughs) yeah i think shio shio is the little girl right yeah shio i think is somewhat I think she has some weird history, which we haven't got towards kind of gotten to yet. Like the one thing I read about this show before it aired is that literally everybody in this show is crazy in some way. So I think that includes Shio. <laughs> so like, I don't know if it's because of like the home she came from. I think there's hints at that, like that she well, didn't come from the best place. Well, yeah, because her brother used to do that weird marriage thing with her before that girl. Right. So like. I think her brother's fucked up too, so I don't really know if I want her to be saved because she's probably gonna go back to her family. God knows what her brother's doing to her. <laughs> well, even if she doesn't go back to her crazy family, like hopefully, just she just finds a way to be happy without Sato, who is completely batshit insane too, and is like a literal murderer and yeah. like goes man that whole scene where she like like she goes to work uh, with her her like boss or her supervisor who's a woman and she finds out that her supervisor is raping her male co-worker in like the back room like the manager's room like that was ridiculous <laughs> like it was so ridiculous on so many levels that scene was like wow this is the edgiest well, shit ever it's it's the <laughs> most like fetishy like female rape scene i've ever seen in my, uh, i mean it's pretty ridiculous mm-hmm. it's, it's obviously i mean i knew they weren't gonna handle it well i mean it's it's an edge anime but yeah. it, it was pretty bad the this- only parts of it that they thought they handled okay were that like at least that guy had lasting like male like psychological like consequences from that rape like he like we see him in like either later in that episode or in the next episode like a girl comes up to him and he like, gets like physically sick like and he doesn't want to be touched by anybody like so he has lasting like psychological issues 
relating back well, to that assault and like of course you would but but they but. don't really handle that well either because like his response to having those psychological issues is that he should just be attracted to like little seven-year-old girls from now on and become a pedophile <laughs> yeah. which that oh insinuation God. is so insulting it's like no not all men who've been raped become pedophiles that's not the way it works like yeah god but, yeah, yeah, no this this show has a weird relationship with pedophilia, and I'm like not really <laughs> sure where all this is going. Like between the main character's relationship with the little girl, and then like all these other characters who are like feeling that way too. I, oh man, it's just so strange. I will say this is directed pretty well. Like like it looks interesting often enough, and like it's the tone is pretty cool. It's just the content of it is like so weird. Um, yeah. Did you? And guys, it's like you definitely need to be like a certain type of person to want to watch this show. Yeah, I, feel I mean, like. I, I have like to you, admit, yeah. I like watching it just because it's so twisted and ridiculous. But like, it's yeah. weird. Uh, did you guys see the scene where Shio wants to go outside to get the the clothes from like the balcony? Did you yes. guys see that yet? And then she like passes out because like that girl has put gas like all the fuck around the apartment like what that that's not realistic that like, you could never do that like someone would <laughs> like what the hell that doesn't even make well, like, sense it just like speaks to like how she's like she she is okay like when she comes home and she talks to Shio like she has this very innocent way of thinking about her but then the minute she leaves it's like it's a prison like the place Shio is staying in that, that apartment is a prison that she is not allowed to leave ever mm-hmm. uh, cause like she doesn't want to like ruin her innocence and purity and sugar life <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucked up I don't know yeah Mm. Are yeah, we gonna talk about the, like the teacher who like wants who like wants to fuck her, but then <laughs> she, he's in for a surprise? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> that what? was pretty intense. Like yeah. and then like she basically uh, like blackmails him into doing her like own dirty work yeah, for her. She like hands re- him. like <laughs> she hands him these plastic baggies just full of like minced up human <laughs> bits, and he has to get rid of them. And he's like, oh, oh God. <laughs> yeah, no, this Ooh, is this okay, is an wow. edge show. This is dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not, not much else to say about it besides that. Like, if you like kind of like watching edgy shows for the edge and it, it's like directed well enough, like then I would recommend it like as like a this is crazy. This is fucked up type of watch. Like, yeah, it's not really scary or anything uh, or even that unsettling. It's just really weird. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but I think you yeah. should do the next one. All right. So the next one is Grand Blue Dreaming, also on Amazon Prime. And this is basically Frat Boys, the animation. That's what they should have called it <laughs> instead of Grand Blue yeah. Dreaming. I do like the opening a lot. I don't know if you guys have like it. It sticks in my head immediately. Like I had I listened to it once and I was already like, this is awesome. I don't know. Oh, it doesn't stick on my head that much. But yeah, it's it's catchy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this show is just constant drinking scenes. So like the main guy, he just got to college. He's going to be living with his relatives who have two like younger daughters. Um, and then he he like so the scuba club that his his relatives run a scuba shop. And there's a scuba club at the college. And so he immediately gets recruited into the club, which the club really isn't about scuba, you find out. It's really just a frat house. (laughs) 
and they just go constantly drinking. Yeah. Like the it, the show is just a cycle of them drinking until they pass out. They wake up naked in some public place. Then they have to figure out how to get clothes. Like the the same jokes repeat again and again. Um, one of the big ones is that even though the main dude is supposedly not a pervert and doesn't want to drink or you know but he does it like you know he wants to secretly because he keeps doing it you know mm-hmm. <laughs> well, like, force it on him too well but Peer not pressure really and all that. like maybe the first time but you know after they the, like physically keep forcing it down his throat i mean <laughs> he wanted to go to that party though like he did he wanted Come to on. go to the one with the chicks that got I, canceled I, that was my it. theory is he secretly does want to he just doesn't want to admit it because otherwise he wouldn't keep doing this. He would figure out a way to get out. It's not like they're holding him at gunpoint, okay? Um, but <laughs> well, yeah, you, I don't know. Have you seen the guns on their arms? <laughs> it's true. Pretty much they're are. pretty muscly. <laughs> but, but you see him slowly becoming like just like the other boys in the club who are like his like senpais. They're a couple years ahead of him. Um, oh, one thing that really pissed me off, there's a scene in the first episode where they wake up like in the in one of the like community areas of the college and they're in their underwear and nothing else and he's like i'm gonna be wait late for like the ceremony opening ceremony and i have to be there so he runs and does the opening ceremony and then his classes in his fucking underwear he would never get away with going to class in his underwear (laughs) and just sitting down in the lecture hall and being like well this is the way it is that would never happen never I don't know. I feel like if the lecture hall is big enough and the professor is like has tenure no. and just doesn't give a fuck anymore, like, <laughs> that could potentially happen. No, it wouldn't. It would not. Someone would be like, "You need to get your fucking ass out of here." Like, there's no way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, they have this gag where, um, like they they light like they they keep handing them like glasses of vodka instead of glasses of water. Water. And they like, drink them. <laughs> oolong tea. And they're like, this isn't, this isn't water. Or they also do it with oolong tea. Yeah. And and then eventually they're like, we need to, we need to hold a, a flame to all of the drinks that we are given because otherwise we can't tell if they're, if they're alcohol or not. And I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> Instead of lighting it on fire and like burning yourself, just stick your finger in there and, and lick it. it. It's pretty apparent if it has alcohol in it. it. Yeah. Or smell I it. Would, yeah. I would like to know at one point he holds up a bottle that's like 98% alcohol. It's fucking Everclear. I'm like, yeah, they're Everclear. drinking Everclear? You yep. insane monsters. I mean, Everclear is good if you soak it in some like fruit and stuff. Yeah, if you dilute the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my hot take on the show is the jokes just aren't landing for me. I'm not really finding it funny. Also, that running joke, they just keep repeating that same joke eight times in a row in five-minute yeah. intervals. It's and just that not funny. does not yeah. make it funnier at all. Yeah. Also, also, it's fucking pushing incest. And who the <laughs> fuck wants to think about banging their cousin the whole time? And twice, though, because like he like wants to bang his cousin, and then his cousin's sister wants to bang her as well. <laughs> it's like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. It's, and that's like a worse level of incest, because it's one thing if you want to bang your cousin. It's another thing if you want to bang your sister. <laughs> Right? <laughs> and like, let me just say, that sister they all want to bang, she's not that great. Like, she's, she's kind of a okay. shithead. She's kind of a shithead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, I just don't like really, I don't like really love any of the characters. I don't identify with any of them. And like, I hate frat boy humor. 
Like, it was one thing back in the day when, like, I was watching American Pie before I went to college. But then when I went to college and afterwards, like, I'm done with frat boy humor. Like, it's over. (laughs) (laughs) I'm past that age. So maybe if you're, like, 15 to 17, you will like this show a lot. (laughs) That's my hot take. I don't know. And also, I just wanted to point out, this is yet another scuba diving anime that doesn't have a lot of scuba diving in it. Why, no why is it we can't... Well, at least I think there's some in like episode three, which I didn't watch yet. So, but I yeah. also know there's a new character in episode three named Azusa, who's pretty smoking hot. <laughs> oh, really? With well, purple okay. Hair. The character designs are pretty decent in this anime. Like for the girls, like they're okay, mm-hmm. and like for the guys, they're like decent as well. I don't know. It's like well enough animated. I would say that that's like one positive thing I would say about it. But yeah, yeah, that's about that's all I'd say either. Yep. All right, let's move on to a much better animated show, which airs on Saturdays. I think you guys remember this one. It's called My Hero Academia, season three. <laughs> How could I ever forget? Mm-hmm. Um, so I caught up all the way with this show, basically, uh, to watch episodes 52 and 53, which were the first two that aired in July, so like when at the start of the season. Um and so, yeah, the first half of the season, which we didn't cover, uh, like wrapped up with this amazing fight oh, uh, between was, All Might and All for One. Yeah, that was an epic. That was an epic ending. Yeah, I will say that. I also really love that part where, like, as they're fighting, like um, the others are trying to figure out a way to like uh, escape with Bakugo, who's been kidnapped, and like they they come up with this crazy plan to like shoot themselves over the fight with like ice and like. Like Ida's like jet like powers and shit, and like uh, you know uh, what's his name Tetsu Tetsu like calls out to Bakugo and like Bakugo blasts off and grabs his hand like all of that was animated like ten out of ten unbelievable animation it's really hype. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, now that all this stuff has quieted down, like the UA Academy has like instituted a new policy that all the students have to live on campus in these new dorms. <laughs> Uh, and part of this is to keep the students safer from like the villains attacks, but the principal also sees it as an opportunity to limit any like security leaks from inside the academy because clearly the villains have been getting information from somebody on the inside, or at least that's what he assumes. Um, and yeah, this arc is going to be about the students getting their provisional license for to be heroes. And so there's a yet it's not yet another examination arc yeah, at the beginning of this second half. Uh, I think they actually what they do is like an internship. Well, no. Oh, well, they didn't internship already. Yeah, this they is did like that exams. I, I was kind yeah. of pissed off because like the the whole the whole idea that like now. Um, all Might can't use his powers anymore and there's this dramatic scene where he like points and he's like now it's up to you and it's like a passing the torch scene and they've just defeated Mm -hmm. this huge enemy and it's this like this huge sort of close on an arc and then the next few episodes are just not that great like they're cute there's like cute moments in it it'll make you laugh and then like they start this um it's almost like another tournament arc or something and I'm just like but we already did that like, I don't really want to yeah. do it again. Like, I don't know. I got frustrated. But but I hope it'll get better. Like it's, a, <laughs> it's a chance for them to develop these, like, new, like, ultimate moves. Because, like, they, they're told to do that for this exam. Mm-hmm. To, to prove that they're ready to be heroes. And, like, 
that was kind of funny because like okay bakugo has this new move right where he can concentrate his firepower into this like single beam called the armor piercing shot and like it looks fucking awesome and i'm like okay that's really cool and deku who his arms are like crippled from using his power too much realizes oh by the way i have legs too (laughs) i could use those (laughs) why didn't i think of this before he has this like expanding mind moment like it's really funny it goes on for like 30 seconds of him realizing this the whole time he was just try he was trying to be like all might but he needed yeah, to come exactly. up with his own signature move so like that's why he mm-hmm. went with the legs so yeah but meanwhile you know i have a, an issue with the way the, the guys are treated in this show versus the girls like ochiko coming up with her move is like basically she wants to find a way to be less nauseous when she's in midair and i'm just like really <laughs> that's the coolest thing you could think of for ochiko okay <laughs> thanks joe thank, thanks so much um but yeah like Deku's costume gets a change because of like his new approach. He gets like iron soles on his shoes and like he's got arm braces to support him now. I actually didn't uh, like so the new costume. Cool. I don't know. I, yeah. Like oh, they really? he's got like black like boots and white gloves and I'm like either make the gloves black or make the boots white. Pick one. Mm-hmm. Pick an accent color. That's just my personal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gripe. That's cool. Yeah, but yeah, this this arc like it seems like something we've been through before, basically with like oh we're in like a training period and then the villains will attack again, and then we'll have mm-hmm. like another storyline with that. And they've also introduced like these like other hero schools. It's, it's kind of like Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire or yes. something. Like where like heroes are coming in. Oh my gosh, you made a perfect analogy. It was like exactly what I was thinking of because it's like, oh, Victor Crumb and Fleur Delacour are showing up. It's like they're gonna like challenge Deku and Bakugo. Oh, I don't know. It's it's pretty funny, but uh, yeah, it's like I, at this point in the show, sometimes I feel like it doesn't need so many new characters, but we keep getting new characters, uh, and there's so many things that we have so many cool characters already that like they don't fully explore as much as I feel like they could, especially the girls like Yao Yorozu in particular. Um, and Ochako, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I, I did really enjoy the ending to the first arc of the season, and so I'm going to definitely keep going with this. And I'm sure a lot of people are loving this show as yeah, usual. Probably. But yeah, oh yeah, there is a point in like the middle of these episodes where you get to see Eraserhead like in formal attire again, with like his hair <laughs> pulled back, and I'm like, yes, someone should make this mandatory. That should be his new hairstyle. He looks so good with his hair okay, pulled I, back. <laughs> I need to ask, what do girls love so much about Eraserhead? I don't I know. I don't get it. He's the hottest guy <laughs> in this entire anime. What are you talking about? He's like grizzled. I guess. It's sex. I don't know why. He is. He just is. Is it because he looks like he never sleeps and half of the times has bandages all over his face? Like, I don't, it's, it's just that is toughness, that why he's maybe. Hot? Like, I don't get it. I don't know. Is it like a mummy fetish? No, it's not a mummy fetish. I it's think just, it's because he's kind of. He's also kind of mysterious. Yeah, he's pretty mysterious. Well, no, I, think I think that's part of it. I think it's the toughness. Like, like you know how people like Levi because mm-hmm. he looks always angry and like tough. Yeah, Eraserhead's kind of like that, right? He's like, oh, that's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. They are kind of similar. They have the same eyes, like those slanted, like angry eyes. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense to me. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. We've got the next show, which is called Review Starlight, which is airing on High Dive. Also oh, called me, Shoujo Kageki Review Starlight. <laughs> let me get my piece in before you two go, go, sure, go, go with go this. Ahead. All right. All right. 
So this is a drama show. Should come to no surprise to anybody that I don't like it. <laughs> so first episode, I get oh cared less about these girls. <laughs> of course, Hikari is harboring some kind of hate towards Karen. That is probably just silly teenage drama that you see in a lot of these shows. Uh, the like the dream weird battles with the giraffe that like Karen has, I thought was kind of a nice touch. It seemed like they were trying to grab people who wouldn't usually watch this type of show or genre uh definitely still was not enough for me uh i i watched this just after waking up and i was yawning and like almost nodding my head down because it was trying (laughs) to put me back to sleep after like a full night's sleep i was so bored with this (laughs) the drama coming from juna in the second episode just had me eye rolling her outburst during class was just the worst absolute worst and then she collapses <laughs> and i just i just sat here and just went really <laughs> and then they just follow up with like this pep talk that was about as inspiring as i i guess reading the ingredients on a bag of bread if that's all it took, <laughs> that's all it took for you to find your resolve you were hardly in despair in the first place uh the, the show, the one reaction the show did get out of me was when Juna goes, maybe I'm just overthinking this. I'm, I audibly just go, yeah, you think? <laughs> <laughs> that was oh, pretty, man. pretty much my summary of this show. It's just, oh. Uh, I don't really I think it's that about- dramatic. I don't know. It's just got like stuff going on. It's not as bad as Hanabato. Like, at least they have yeah. reasons. It's definitely not that dramatic. Yeah. Hanabato just, I don't, it's. <laughs> cranked it to 12 it skipped 11 i don't know what that show's about Jeez. <laughs> oh, so let me talk about a little bit where this show comes from because it's really interesting like in japan in real life there's this thing called the takarazuka review which is this all-female theater production that was founded in like 1913 and continues on to this day and apparently it's a very difficult production to get into as an actress and has like this really devoted fan base so this anime is really heavily based on that style of theatrical production. Um, and it's also going to have its own live show this September for like a couple days, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, like through the first few episodes, the girls compete in this mysterious audition process that has like a leaderboard. Uh, and it ranks them based on their performance and is overseen, like Leo said, by this weird draft. Which oh, like Jeffrey when I saw this draft... Yeah, when I saw this draft, that's kind of like when I got pulled into the show because I was like, okay, this is weird. Like, this is a really <laughs> weird thing, and I want to see what this is. Um, he's like the production manager of, like, the whole, like, thing. And he's you- looking to choose one or a couple of these girls to go on to the Review Starlight final that show eventually. the giraffe, like, that, the reason they chose a giraffe, giraffe is a symbolism? Like, they did it on purpose? Or do you think it's just random? Probably. Because like the giraffe is supposed to symbolize like like the ability to see the future and obtain things that you would normally not be able to like obtain because it's out of reach. Oh, really? Like the long neck. Huh. So like I, oh, I wasn't makes sure. Sense. Yeah. I was yeah, I wasn't sure if like that's the idea they were going for, or like if it was just random and they're like, you know what would be great? Like if we did a random zoo wow. animal. <laughs> so yeah, if you just do a quick Google search, you were right, Kat. It says, with its long neck reaching to the heavens, symbolizes the ability to see the future and obtain things that would normally be out of reach. Huh. When your life I is chaotic, giraffe that. reminds you to keep your head up and avoid getting entangled in uh, needless arguments. So, I mean, if it... Hmm. That's a 
crazy coincidence if they didn't do that on purpose, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I think it's most almost certainly on purpose because like the director who's doing this has worked with uh, Kunihiko Ikuhara, who you know did Re- Revolutionary Girl Utena and Yuri Kuma Arashi, which uh, this director Tomohiro Furukawa worked on as a unit director for one of the episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he actually even storyboarded episode one of Yuri Kuma Arashi, so he was definitely involved in that production. And is like influenced by that weird, like surreal style of anime. Uh, so that's definitely like apparent here. And the episodes are structured similarly to something like Utena, with like there's a bunch of drama that plays out between the girls in the first half of the episode. Like whatever is like the drama of the day plays out. And then it transitions into the audition. And I, I love the transition scene because it's this like crazy, like plunging, like elevator down into like the bowels of their school. Oh, and then like there's all this machinery. Yeah, the machine. Uh, yeah. I couldn't quite figure yeah, out like what was going on. Yeah, like the flurry of machines. It was, it's like it's knitting together their like military princess or prince uniforms that they perform in mm-hmm. and like forging the buttons and like putting it together and then like you know there's like a little transformation scene and then like the girls like do their performance which usually involves like sword fighting and singing and like bows and arrows and just like running upstairs and trying to reach like position zero which is the position that the top star takes um and so, yeah, it's interesting because it's like it's like the show is like half like Utena walking up the stairs to like duel somebody uh, for Anthe or something. And then like it's half like Love Live <laughs> with like the girls like, oh, I want to be the top idol, blah, blah, blah. I'm so sad. <laughs> and like just like getting up to like shenanigans. So like, it's a weird mix of two different things. And I don't think it always like works completely like i don't i think the first half of each episode is usually weaker than the second half is how i would put it like they don't always do a fantastic job of setting up the character drama in a way that makes sense but i think the like the performances and like the fights in the second half of the episodes underneath the school are really awesome and is basically the reason i've I've kept watching i would agree Um, with that i think the the scenes where they go in into the other world or whatever are the most interesting. I don't really understand why the way they fight is to like cut off each other's capes. I think that's a little bizarre. And I, I think that's more of just like who can land a blow first. Well, because well, that try- might be something from like the theater background. Yeah, it's like that's a way to thinking. show like you're defeated. Yeah, because yeah, I was hmm. trying to look it up and see because I feel like there has to be something behind that, but I couldn't find mm-hmm. it. And I don't know if that's because it's it's based in theater. And none of us have a theater background, and so we're not getting it. Um, <laughs> but it's interesting. Uh, I think the show looks spectacular most of the time. It's directed by Kinema Citrus, who, of course, did Land of the Lustrous recently. But this is way more hand-drawn, not not all CGI, like Land of the Lustrous. Lustrous, sorry. And... Um, like yeah it just looks fantastic and like yeah that whole transition scene is amazing like the fight scenes are really well done um and yeah one of the things that's interesting to to note about this uh i've been following on the sakuga blog the like blog for sakuga buru uh they're like 
the guy over there, Caven, uh, and on their Twitter as well, has like reported that like Kinema Citrus's president like tweeted out that they're trying to recruit more animators through Twitter and social media because their production has been so ambitious so far. Like the animators have not been able to keep up with like all the cuts that they need to create, and so hopefully Uh-oh. all of that works <laughs> out. Like I hope this show doesn't plunge in quality in a few episodes. I'm gonna keep an eye on that, but like yeah, like the animators and the president of the studio seem to think like it may not be able to like keep up the quality like going forward if something doesn't change so that's a little worrisome um Mm. and yeah i don't know where this show is going like most like weird serialistic anime i'm not really sure like i know there is definitely a strong relationship between those two childhood friend main characters who are certainly the mains but well because the the whole like because they mentioned like the whole reason that Karen, the the main girl, wasn't originally chosen for this contest is because she, quote unquote, like shares a fate with that other girl. So th- mm-hmm, that's right. definitely going to be like the main focus in some way. But like, I don't really know what the fuck that means yet. I guess we're going to see. <laughs> yeah, because we really don't. I'm even, interested to see. Yeah, we don't even know what they're competing for because it can't just literally be the lead in that school play. Like, like they're obviously competing for something else, right? Like, there's probably more to it than just getting the part. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, it does seem like many of them stake their whole like personal life on. Their, and their whole personal worth on being the top star. Like, the one who is the top star right now, Tendo Maya, who is, like, the daughter of the Suprema Donna and is, like, supernaturally talented at all this stuff, is definitely, like, holds her personal worth in that stardom. And se- same mm-hmm. same for several of the other girls, like Claudine, who is, like, has, like, a French parent and is, like, from abroad uh, and has, like, an, a background as a child actress, like, really wants to beat Tendo, and so there's tension there. And then, yeah, I, I don't know. I think each of the girls, like, individually stand out pretty well, which I thought was interesting. Like, sometimes that doesn't get well done. Like, in another idol show we'll talk about called Music Girls in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, here they stand out. And, like, I think it's going to explore each of their individual motivations for, like, wanting to be, like, the top star. And, uh, and we'll unravel more and more of the mystery as we go forward basically mm-hmm. so yeah yeah, it's definitely interesting and it's it's something that you don't see very much it's something unique and just for that reason alone it's good it's good to look at i think so but you know what you do see a lot of you know the haunted <laughs> hot springs oh my gosh cat cat's no, favorite show of the season this fucking show is a shit bag of a show this is like it has no substance to bad. it. It might as well be called like Yuna and her haunted panties because that's basically what this show is all about. It's like boobs and underwear. <laughs> like it's terrible. What and, gave it away? Guess, the hot springs in the title. <laughs> and, and guess who fucking directed this? The same fucker who did Clockwork Planet. Every time this guy touches any anime, it's just like the worst, rotten, smelly piece of shit that's ever been done. <laughs> Cat, cat's having some anime PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like. Yeah, it's a pretty harmless, etchy show about a guy who picks up a bunch of like demon slash ghost chicks at an onsen he's staying at. Like, 
that's basically all it is. I will say one highlight is that the purple-haired girl is voiced by Rie Takahashi, who does, like, Megumin and everybody. Uh, and she's, like, kind of, like, sort of yandere a little bit. Like, she has a knife, and she's constantly threatening him. And I thought she was really fun. Uh, the low light is, like, the oldest one of them is a lolly. <laughs> and she's not free from the fan service, like, entirely. I don't know. It's It's pretty dumb. It's a pretty dumb, etchy show. It's not, like, offensively bad, though. It's, like, okay. They got, like, the boyish girl who looks like a ninja. They got the girl with, like, the giant jugs that, like, defy science. (laughs) You know, they got all of them. I hate that character, too. I don't like her at all. Yeah, with the pink hair. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. She's dumb. I just want to tell her to, like, (laughs) kneel on the ground and make moo noises, because that's all she's good for. (laughs) Jesus, I, she's I, like yeah. that sea cow from the, the the last Jedi, the new Star Wars movie that like Mark Hamill like drinks the milk out of its udder. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what she reminds me of. She's like a worthless like thing, big ass thing, like sitting by the side of the onsen, just like Meh. just jiggling, just jiggling yeah. and making like noises. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I don't think the show's that bad, guys. Give it a break. Of course you don't, Leo. But let's let's consider like what we just heard from him. Review Starlight. I hated this show. It actually had things going on in it. How dare they? A show about like jiggling breasts and like haunted underwear. Oh, I I didn't. I enjoyed it. It was fine. I don't know why you're mad. Like to me, this show was just like the palate cleanser. Like I didn't. It was, this it was is enough your to keep my attention. It didn't. Yeah. After just, I watched this show, it's a show. My brain I, turns off. <laughs> I will tell you, I watched the first episode of this show at my gym, and I was never more mortified. <laughs> like I've gotten over watching, blatantly watching anime at the gym. It's a little embarrassing. I, I deal with it. Watching this show at the gym, <laughs> while some dude like runs <laughs> next to me. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Yeah, you could only imagine that. W- it would be great to know what those people are thinking. They're like, why is she Dory watching? Cat, that's that's how you sort the wheat from the chaff. That's how that's how you find the real good ones, the keepers. Uh, no, the I, in my head, I was like, they probably think I'm watching porn. This looks like porn. They think I'm watching porn at the gym. That's fine. They, yeah, I I would believe that. Yeah, I think they're just like, I appreciate that she's watching this next to me because I get to look at this porn. <laughs> It's oh, extra man. motivation on my run. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Uh, uh, but yeah, with that, why don't we take a short break for commercials from our friends who also do podcasts? Oh, um, yeah. Here's a slimy pizza we found in the garbage. Yeah, they're going to go to the park late at night. Nothing wrong could happen there. Nothing bad ever happens Come at on, the park Japan. late at night. It's Japan. It's safe there. Yeah, sure. Safe. The tentacle monsters only come out in your bedroom at night. Um, you haven't watched a whole lot of hentai, have you? No, <laughs> I they haven't. catch you at school, too. <laughs> <laughs> you can find the Trash Pandas Watch Anime podcast on FaceTube, uh, Ubook, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes, and on Twitter. At Trash Panda Anime. Oh, we also have a website, tpwapodcast.com. Hey, Colin, did you get the cardboard cutout of Console Kev? Did I ever? It's amazing. Oh, I think so too. I hate that guy. 
Oh, oh, uh, Kevin, what are you doing here? Oh, you know, just eavesdropping all the, you know, the bad things you say about me. My usual Wednesday. Oh, well, did you at least prepare for the Retro Gaming Podcast? Absolutely not. Oh, God, that figures. All right, it's okay. I'll take it from here. Basically, uh, we pick a theme every time, and we pick a number of games based on that theme. You know, just like our first episode, where it lasted forever, and we talked about space games. Yeah, and other good, you know, all the mainstream systems and games you love, like the 3DO, the Atari Jaguar. Oh, come on! Colin, you back me up here. The 3DO is awesome, right? Mm, yeah. Oh, I thought we were friends. I mean, it's cool. Uh, oh, all right. If you want to hear three guys talk about games that are bad because JD picked them all and good games that Kevin picked, join us. Who here wants to see a bunch of nerds talking video games with a little bit of anime thrown in there? Nobody? Just me? Damn! Well, speaking of anime, we... Colin, we have an anime cast as well. Yes, we do. All retro anime. (laughs) Many of which I have never heard of myself. And I'm a weeb! Very similar premise there. We, We pick a retro anime at least 15 years or older, and we review it every episode. We also keep up on all the modern stuff, all the seasonal things from the year. Hey, Kevin, you just got back into wrestling, right? I did. Oh my god, did you know we also have a wrestling cast that just started? I do now, because nobody tells me anything. Ah, well, what do you think of the big dog these days? He still sucks. Well, that's good. Well, luckily, we just don't complain about WWE stuff. We also talk about a lot of the latest and greatest from from the rising indie scene, New Japan, and Ring of Honor. I like rings and honor. Oh, well, you should definitely listen to the Redleaf Retrocast. We have such a wide range of topics, ideas to, to discuss, and just anything to review. It's fantastic. Don't you guys think so? It's all right. Absolutely. And thanks again for the Sailor Moon episode. That's got me a lifetime supply of salt for my fries. From the fans. Ha! That's the Redleaf Retrocast. All things gaming, anime, and wrestling found on all your favorite podcasting websites. Hey, do you like wrestling? Whether it be in a bar, an arena, some weird place in Asia, or in a stadium. Or the occasional penis plex. Well, if any of these things might tickle your fancy, anywhere in between from penises to wrestling, you can come and check out our podcast. Our podcast name is Smack It Down. We talk all things WWE, New Japan, anything else in between. I'm Jay Silver. I'm Corey Gold. And we look forward to you joining us. Happy Rusev Day. Happy Rusev Day, indeed. And we're back, and cells are at work, people. Oh, my <laughs> God. People are oh losing God. their minds over this show. They are. You can wait for JoJo part whatever is coming next, because... <laughs> David Production decided to do like a magic school bus show uh-huh. about the inside of people's bodies and all the little red blood cells and the- white blood cells. But that's <laughs> not what you really like about the show, is it? Fucking BCOM. T- tell them what you really like. No, there's an underdog. There's uh-huh. an underdog <laughs> that goes unnoticed that we need to worship. Is it an underdog? <laughs> is it an underdog? Oh my God. <laughs> and they are the platelets. Oh my God. <laughs> You fucking bitches. So, uh, cute little pe- platelets. People are Public obsessed. service announcement, guys. People Keep are your obs- BCOM away from this anime. 
<laughs> your BCom will be prone to fits and moe blabbering and chasing, changing all their social media accounts to pics uh, of child platelets. Uh, so, be, okay, uh, Jesus people, Christ! Especially people like BCom are obsessed with these goddamn platelets. They've been everywhere. They're cute little so five-year-olds, cute. but come on, like okay. I'm looking at you, Bcom. I saw you add those platelet emojis to our fucking Discord. You thought you, you slid you it in. I, first you of th- all, they were requested. You Second thought you of all, you're damn slid. right I was waiting for the opportunity. You you <laughs> I, I saw it. I was like, oh, this motherfucker. What is he putting on our server? It's so funny because I saw them too, and I was like, Bcom did this, didn't he? <laughs> Look, I added know, the white blood cell dude too with blood all over his face. No one else no, would do it. <laughs> he was also very smartly called uh, Hataraku Psycho, which I think is really good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, some might give a general consent, uh, observation of what the show is, and then I'm going to break down some stuff because there's a lot of a uh, lot going on here. Cat, I think you can do that better than I can. Uh, it's an interesting show. It's basically like that Disney show. I think it's called Os- Osmosis Jones as an anime. Yeah. Um, so each episode is like one event or like look into something going on in your body, which is like pretty normal and mundane, kind of like you got a cut or a virus tried to like get in and infect you. But they, they like blow it up and make these very normal things seem like epic and mind blowing on like the scale of like one of those over budget summon, summer action flicks, right? Like where you see it and you, you can tell yeah. like. It way too much money was spent on it, and everything is epic, and everything is exploding into like a million pieces. Like that's kind of what they did in this anime. So and everything's anthropomorphized, which is the big part. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And you get to see all these little these little uh, cells as little anime people, and it's cute. And it manages to combine that sort of Osmosis Jones quality uh, with the cutesy aspects of an anime to to make people be. enchanted and and think they're adorable <laughs> i don't fucking know um and i just i just they all make sense right like as like medical metaphors too like yeah. this, especially the white blood cells who are just like psychotic like monomaniacal freaking killers and they're so good well, i love them so well, much what's funny about that is how they actually work in the human body is what they do mm-hmm. is the white blood cells surround the bacteria or germ and digest it so they literally exactly. mob them so, like, making them psychos <laughs> is kind of pretty spot on. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. They're, uh, like, first line of defense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, this anime it, it's such an awesome way to learn about your body because, from what I can tell, everything is pretty much spot on. Everything is behaving exactly how it pretty much behaves in your body. Just, you know, exaggerated enough to make it you know, be able to just do a story. Uh, mm-hmm. It seems to be... Focusing mostly on the circulatory system and immune system, which is fine because that's where most of the action is. So there's a ton they can do with this. Uh, Learning about the germs just seems super cool considering they attack the body in in an untold number of ways and how the body has basically an equal number of ways to combat it. Mm -hmm. So so in the first episode, it's focusing on like the red blood cells and the white blood cells. Uh, the red blood cells job is primary transport oxygen and carbon dioxide and nutrients to all kinds of parts of the body, which is exactly what you see them doing. So mm-hmm. oh, what like you see the, in the show with the little like, baskets of bread and shit, <laughs> like baguettes. Yep. I know. Yep. And, <laughs> and she's, and she's got her box that says CO2 on the side. Yeah. It's, yeah. 
It's that's exactly that's basically what's going on. I and, love that she has no idea where to go at any given time. <laughs> like she's always going the wrong direction. Like that, that's funny. just something they made her a little ditzy, I guess. So she'd be adorable. Everybody likes their ditzy characters. Uh, yeah. And of course, the white blood cells are your, the flat-out security for your body. They are pretty much the first line of defense once the bacteria has entered the body. Uh, once, and let me specify, once it's entered your body, actually your first line of defense is your skin, and it's also the largest organ of the body. So that's interesting. You didn't know that. Uh, the use of the white blood cells using receptors is a very true statement. That's how it's what they use to recognize foreign cells and distinguish them from like the red blood cells or something else of the body. Um, when that doesn't work, that's when you end up with the autoimmune diseases that cause the receptors to malfunction, basically turns your white blood cells on your own body. Well, look, so, look that, at Leo. Just, he knows, he knows some shit, huh? <laughs> I, I know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It there helps having a medical background. Um, yeah. So this is, I'm, I'm accidentally going to defend BCOM here. Uh, having a platelets be small children is also uh, accurate because they are smaller cells. I want to say they're like 20% smaller than the red and white blood cells. So huh. making them moe as fuck is just a good job on the creator's <laughs> part. <laughs> and, then, and then I wrote this next line and had not watched second episode yet. And I was like, man, if they want to be more accurate, they could be gluing red blood cells together using their bodies, you know, to to uh, yeah. patch stuff up. But but like yep. I see, I was like, I see why they didn't go there because it'd be horrific. It's more like some Junji Ito crap for cat. And then that's when I watched episode two and I just put my foot in my mouth like, God damn it, that's exactly what they did. Yeah, I'm like, I was also you. laughing at the red blood cells who are like, ah! <laughs> just like, <laughs> horrified at this situation they've been placed in. Okay, like, <laughs> so they, they, the uh, creator, he he read straight from a textbook. This guy is like straight on top of it. So in episode two, the portrayal for the uh, Staphylococcus, caucus, I'm sorry, is spot on for what it does. Basically, it's it, what it does is it impedes the white blood cells and it keeps the wound from closing, which is literally what he did in the, sh- the episode two, that's was this bad guy's purpose. It's the two things mm-hmm. he did. He stopped the white blood cells and he kept the wound open as long as possible. Uh, but you would also recognize this uh, bacteria by a different name as a uh, MRSA. I'm sure more people oh, are familiar with that. Yeah. So this is, yeah, this is MRSA kind of a mm-hmm. big deal. Um, also the like vasoconstriction and venous valves perform just as they say they are in the anime. And then there was another one uh, was strepto, uh, Caucus is, uh, is, as you would assume, what would cause strep throat. And then there was the uh, Pseudomonas, which mm-hmm. is this just a massive group of bacteria that portrays everything. And there was also, I didn't, I didn't look into this too deeply, but bacteria is often described by their shape and how they multiply. And from what I could tell, that's how the uh, bacteria in the show was, uh, that's how they drew them. Mm-hmm. It was oh, cool. basically based on like if they were a round type and they multiplied by uh, like making X's across. There was like w- there was a guy in there that was like, uh, wow, that's actually c- scary accurate. <laughs> so yeah. like he this guy, he just opened a textbook and he just wrote a story from a, a medical textbook. This is exactly what they he did. And like it's pretty cool. And be- yeah. because there's so much uh, that can happen to your body, especially with like diseases and bacteria and stuff like this this guy has like an endless number well, of stories he yeah, can tell i'm kind of yeah. curious like what what would you especially since you have a medical background leo what what like would be your favorite like scenes or scenarios that you would want them to play out like what do you hope they do um since mine deals with muscles i would like to see something to do with the muscles 
Mm-hmm. I think that would be really cool. Uh, if I had to pick a specific muscle, something with the deltoid, because it's the only muscle. So all muscles pull, no muscle pushes. But the deltoid has fibers that run in both directions, so it's the only muscle that can basically move in two directions instead of one. So, hmm. so it's yeah, probably cool. my favorite. So something with that one, I don't know. There's, I mean, there's like fibromyalgia, something that affects muscles and stuff like that. So okay, there may be one of them. I mean, God, there's yeah. just, it's endless. It's endless the things you could do with this. So I don't know. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things with this show is trying to guess, like, what is this person doing? <laughs> Did they keep getting sick? And, like, they get, get, like, MRSA and shit. Like, where well, are they? Well, like, what I are guess, they like, doing? you, in you a hospital, do. That's pretty easy. Well, I yeah, guess you in a do come in happen. contact with all that stuff on a regular basis. You just don't get infected with yeah. it because you do yeah, have an it, immune you, system. Yeah, because yeah, your white blood cells go berserk. Yeah, you kill right that now. Shit. You mean everybody listening? Your body is actually probably fighting something, but it's just doing such an <laughs> efficient job. You don't, you never feel the symptoms. It's like it's <laughs> this is an ongoing battle. It doesn't stop. It's just constantly Gun, going. Everybody, thank your platelets inside your body. Just like you know, give your arms and legs a little massage. Just like you know, make your platelets feel real good. Oh my god. Okay, I I personally want to see more of that like hot nurse character that they keep showing you glimpses of, but like they haven't yeah, actually she's shown a special her. type. Oh, yeah. she's gonna be uh, epic! I'm excited. I'm gonna have so much fun every episode trying to figure out what he's borrowing and stuff. Like I'm kind of proud I noticed the platelets. I was like, why would he make them children? And I was like, it's right, they're smaller. <laughs> and then like the white blood cell at one point said something about he's a certain type of white blood cell so he can move in between like the layers of the walls, which is why I was able to go into the ductwork system. I'm like, this dude knows his shit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think there's been a person on Reddit who has been like is either like a medical student or something or maybe a doctor who has been like giving like a medical breakdown of each episode. I'm pretty yeah. sure I'll have, to, I'll have to look for those. I don't know if they're still doing them, but they were really cool while they were putting yeah, them like up. Like I said, the bad guy in the second episode, he behaved exactly like the the uh, uh, MRSA does. What it exactly mm-hmm. does is what he exactly did. And I'm like, wow, he has all his bad guys already written for him in the medical books when he wants yeah, whatever easily. the creator wants yeah. to do. And there's like a spin-off manga already called like Cells at Work Black or something, where it's like even worse diseases. It's like the apocalypse basically inside their body, and like the platelets have gotten turned into like child soldiers to fight off like oh, the God. horrible disease racking this person's body. Well, I, don't, and I don't know how accurate that is medical wise, but I can say <laughs> Cells at Work is definitely uh I everything I've seen so far has been one hundred percent accurate. I don't see I don't see him have really make up anything other than obviously they don't talk to each other and shit like that. But well, you know what else is a hundred percent accurate is this uh, this historical drama, which is the next anime we're going to talk about, which is the Master of Ragnarok and Blesser of Einherjar, which is a historical drama <laughs> set in Norse Viking mythology no. uh, about. <laughs> no. Dumb boy. By, by the uh, way, you guys has, are laughing and cats going, no. I'm glad I just didn't even watch this at all. <laughs> it's a young boy who has his smartphone, very historically accurate uh, oh. in like the the Bronze Age. And he's able to look up on his smartphone military you're, tactics that make him a very difficult uh, army ruler to destroy. You're being so can fucking go, soft. So fucking soft. <laughs> <laughs> this anime. <laughs> 
it's so dumb. I, I I don't know how else to talk about this show. It is it is a show about you know an isekai about like a kid who can rule over an army. They the girls in the anime call him either father or older brother because it's like a patriarchy, um, basically the society, and he is the head patriarch. Um, Whenever he conquers another army, he, like, takes their leader in, and, like, the leaders are usually women, so, like, he just added another leader as, like, his little sister, oh. and so she calls him Big Brother now, Onichan. Oh, God. Uh, and they all basically offer to, like, like let them, let him use their bodies no, in they, any way he wants. They're all like, please let me suck wow. your holy dick, please, because I want to <laughs> so bad. That's, like, what this show's level is at. It's like, I think you're a god and I want you to fuck me because it would be the best thing that ever happened in my life. Like, that in their eyes. Like, okay. So, yeah. it's, it, this show is terrible. It's so much worse than almost any of the other isekai this season because the tone of it, it's not that there's sex in it or that it's, like, etchy. Mm-hmm. That's not why I hate it. The tone is disgusting. When I was watching this, like, my skin was just, like, crawling and I felt like I wanted to vomit. Like, this dude basically has all these girls worshipping the ground he walks on. Like, they might as well crawl after him as he walks and, like, lick the grass. <laughs> like, that's what they're fucking Did you doing. Say- did what? they think yeah. he's a god though? Is that what you said? Kind well, they of. basically look yeah. at him as like god god king emperor. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. Um, yeah, and, and it's clear that like there's his position and their position, like way down by his feet. And like there's absolutely nothing that they could do to be his equal. Like irreg ir- you know, like no no matter what they do, they are subservient to him. And like they are available to him at any moment. Like he could just pull down any of their pants. Like he could actually have them all stand in a line and like put their pants down and you just like fuck all of them. Because that's basically the way that <laughs> this anime is set out. It's it's a male power and then they fantasy. Would yell, Sieg patriarch, yes. Sieg patriarch at him <laughs> as they wait their turn to be pile driven. Exactly. So like this is a male power fantasy, just pure and simple. That's all it is. Yeah. Yeah, I just liked the part and where the girl was like. Well, you you know, like boys need to clean their pipes every now and then. It's very important. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, okay, all right, show, do what you gotta do. It's, it's bad. It's it pissed me off. Actually, I I could not even yeah. make myself watch the second episode of this. And that's very rare. Also, the character designs are real shitty. Like for the girls, like the only one that was even decent was this one girl named Sigrun who has like a long braid. She looks okay. All the other girls just look terrible. Like really terrible, in my opinion. I don't know. And yeah, the main character looks like just Kirito version seven point eight or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's pretty bad. Uh, probably don't watch it unless you want a good laugh. If you want to watch um, an etchy show, watch that like how not to summon a demon lord one. Like it's it's just as yeah. etchy yeah. and it's not as gross. So and it's Basically, got action, yeah. which is it's actually not bad, too bad. It's decent, I think. I've seen episode yeah. five. Mm-hmm. And then the action in this show is not good at all. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. All right. So speaking of shows you shouldn't watch, let's move on to music girls. <laughs> good thing I didn't watch this one either. <laughs> Uh, also known as Angaku Shoujo, this is a Studio Dean Idol anime that I just I tried to watch and my brain just kept shutting off. Like I know, okay, 
in episode one, I know that they were like in an airport and they were trying to like recruit a girl or something or a girl came across <laughs> them and then like wanted to become an idol as part of their group because she was like, idols are really cool. And then my brain shut off and I don't remember anything else. And in episode two, all I know is there was a long nude bath scene panning up the girl's bodies. And I was like, yep, that's not my type of show. So <laughs> well, okay. Kat, if you have anything more to say about it, please I, go ahead. Okay. I really don't understand what they're trying to do. Like there's so many idol shows like the saturation level is just off the charts right so like mm-hmm. they have to have something unique about it the main girl in this is just ear achingly stupid like she has less brain cells than a <laughs> box of chocolates like you could put a box of chocolates it, it would it would be smarter than her like she seems to have no concept of reality or common sense like she kind of just bumbles around like ignorant about everything like, like I bet one of these other idols, like in this band, could be like, you know, the sky is blue, and she'd be like, really? Is the sky blue? Wow. I didn't know. Like, she's such a fucking. Bitch. What if she's I don't colorblind? Know. She's an idiot. <laughs> she's a complete idiot. And, and then, like, also, she can't even sing. So, I guess the idea is mm-hmm. that her mom was a famous singer, and then her mother moved. I think to America, like to another country. I think it's America to, to be with her dad. And they like had a kid and now they're Mm -hmm. coming back to Japan. Um, But like, she is a foreigner and she doesn't really understand a lot of things. (laughs) It's almost like they're playing off the dumb foreigner joke, which I also don't really like. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. But like, she cannot sing to save her life. Like she's terrible. It's a terrible anime. Don't watch it. It'll make you want to vomit. It's so bad, yeah. It's bad. Like, this is like kind of like the bottom of the barrel idol show. Yeah, just just skip this one. It's not worth it. Yeah. Um, but let's move on to Sundays. And speaking of the dumb foreigner trope, oh, done this, well. This isn't done well. Yeah, this is the funny one. Yes. Okay. We got Asobi Asobase Workshop of Fun. Uh, from Studio Lersh and directed by Seiji Kishi, who's done things like Angel Beats, Carnival Phantasm, Suki Gakure, which was Leo's favorite show. Uh, Yuki Yuna is a hero as well. So lots of lots of great shows coming from this director, and this is another really well directed show. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'll just set it up a little bit. There, there's three girls. It's okay. I love how every episode starts off with the OP, right? It is this like angelic OP of these three main <laughs> girls it is, it is. in like white dresses. They're like so innocent, right? They're well, like the most innocent girls you've ever seen. They're surrounded in fields of flowers <laughs> and it's like a soft, nice song. Yeah. And then the episode starts and all hell starts to break loose. <laughs> because, uh, the three girls, Hanako is the, her, she's the one with black hair and long pigtails. She's like sort of this rich girl. And she's kind of a dummy. Uh, and then there's Olivia, who's a blonde, and she is... They think she's a foreigner because okay, no, she's no, no. blonde. So th- I think what's <laughs> going on with Olivia is that her parents are both mm-hmm. foreigners. This is what... I think I've got this right. Her parents are both yes. foreigners oh, sense. who speak yeah. English, yes. but like they also speak Japanese, but they speak English. And so she can mm-hmm. copy her parents' like terrible American accent because like she hears it all the time. But she actually can't speak English because she's lived in Japan all of her life. Like because yes, they yes, have her here. She, that's what she says. Yeah, she okay, says that, that makes a ton episode. of sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why she so, looks like a foreigner, but she isn't one. 
And so, so she's terrible at English, but Kasumi, who's the third girl, she has black hair with glasses and she's kind of like a studious girl. And she basically wants to get Olivia to tutor her in English because she got literally a two out of 100 on her <laughs> last English test. So like she needs help big time with this. And uh, Olivia's like, Oh, I guess I can help if you teach me the Japanese pastimes that you know about. And like, so that's like the the deal. And that's how they start like a club called like the Pastimers Club. I guess the idea, Um, like, because Olivia keeps acting like she's this stupid, dumb foreigner who doesn't know anything. And I think she's doing it because I'm sure in like how homogenized Japan is, she gets treated that way anyway all the time because she's blonde. Mm -hmm. So like people probably come up and treat her like she's like, a dumb brick of a person. Uh, no, and, no like, she she admits she does it specifically well, no, to but, fuck with Hanako. But listen, like she does yes, it, she I does think. But I think she does it because she got tired of people treating her like that anyway. Like no matter what she did, and having to, like correct them all the time and be like, "No, I actually speak Japanese." Like da da da. I think after a while, she's like, "You know what? I'm just gonna let them think I'm a stupid foreigner. That's fine." I'll just act like a stupid foreigner. And then the joke's on them. And that, that's really what she's doing. Can I just... She would just talk about one of the ways she does that. In episode one, there is this scene where she gets up to talk in front of her class. And she's supposed to be reading Japanese. And this is how Crunchyroll subtitled what she read. And it's so much better when she does it. But I'm going to try because it's like, hello, what Akbar Bono? Yo, yo, silkworm, now roller, yo, Maggie, wow. Scotty, Okaline, hacky sacky digital, come on, hold your socks. Tanya's picking tarps. <laughs> She's like, it's complete oh, nonsense. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? He said even. And like her teacher, who it, like he looks like a 1940s Japanese businessman, or like possibly just like Emperor Hirohito. He's got these really, really weird, old-fashioned glasses. He's like. Wow, your Japanese is really bad too. Why is her Japanese so bad? This makes no sense. And like, he like brings her to the office and asks her, like, okay, I know you understand Japanese. Like, you passed like the test with like a ninety to get into this school. Can you please speak normally from now on? And she's like, no, that's not going to happen. And she just leaves. <laughs> she's like, I'm I just, having I too love much everything fun about her character. Yeah, no, I do too. She's she's crazy. She makes this anime, in my opinion, without her, this anime would just be like a normal, like, joke anime. Yes. It oh, yeah. definitely needs Olivia, her. Yeah, yeah. Olivia is definitely like the instigator, for mm-hmm. sure. But um, Hanako is great, too. I love, she quits her tennis team because, like, she's trying to get, like, the popular girls to invite her to this party. She heard them, like, over talking, or um, heard overheard them talking about. Mixer. And... They won't let her into their little clique. Like, she knows she can never be, like, a popular girl. So, like, she comes back to her classroom to talk to uh, and, like, vent to Olivia about this. And she has her face down on her desk, like, her chin. (laughs) And she's, like, looking up at Olivia. And as they have this conversation, the camera cuts back and forth between Olivia and her. Every time it cuts back to her face, her face just gets more and more deformed into the desk. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like a mush ball of a person. And it's just mushier and mushier. And like you think they've reached a point where they can't even push this any farther because it wouldn't look like a face. And still they (laughs) they push it farther somehow. And I'm just dying with laughter watching this happen. They do so so much with Hanako's face. Like, <laughs> Olivia gets a little bit, and, like, Kasumi gets a, little, uh, a slight also, but 
with Hanako's face, they just it'll cut to it and it, the face is completely different. It's not even the same fucking face anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, it's so good. Speaking of faces, have you guys like there is something weird with the animation of this series? Like the the yeah. animation style is such that like it, it is almost as if none of them have noses. Like at all. Oh yeah. They look kind of like aliens a little bit. You're right about yes. that at times. <laughs> Because at first I was like, yeah, what I, the I fuck love is that this? They just, yeah, they fluidly change between all these weird gag animation visual styles to accentuate any of the jokes that they're doing, and it works. It always works. Uh, it always makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say some of the jokes, I'm laughing because I know what the punchline is, and it still hasn't been <laughs> delivered yet. I'm just, I'm already laughing. I don't know, I don't know why. <laughs> I, I think that would usually kill it for me, but it's still funny. Uh, the dynamics between the three is just like uh, phenomenal. Well, have we mm-hmm. talked about but the I, other girl at all yet? Well, the third Kasumi? one, Kasumi. Uh, Kasumi. No, not too much. Okay. Yeah. So she she's just like okay she she's this cynical like ball like weird ball of a human being like I don't know you almost expect her to be like smoking on the roof being like you have no idea the things I've seen like. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Like, Doesn't she have like an older sister who like used to like beat her all the time at games and stuff? So that's why she yes. doesn't like to play them. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> she but kinda, then she's also really good at games. Yeah, she yeah. kind of gives this like harsh, like I don't give a single fuck type attitude to the the anime. That even makes it funnier. <laughs> so <laughs> I I want to say I think my favorite gag is Olivia's manipulation of like Hanako. Like the very first thing they're playing the game where. You paper, rock, scissors, and you point in the direction, and they like looking at you. Get oh yeah, you, you don't. What she Olivia does is just like slap her. Yes, <laughs> it's so funny. But then the uh, other girl like then, sticks her her hands like in their nose. <laughs> well, to be fair, this is after Olivia like slapped her as hard as she could on tit. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, she, then she ended up having to play Kasumi, and she slaps her tit, and even Olivia's like, oh, that's not what I intended to do. So then she stuffs her fingers up her nose. Yeah. <laughs> and I love, uh, I love the stupid gag that closes out that episode where they 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 blow up like a freaking little oh inner God. tube pool. The pool. And fill it with water. <laughs> <laughs> and then they want to see if like a suitcase trunk will float because they heard that like somebody survived the sinking of the Titanic on a floating suitcase. And a then, really like, they, expensive <laughs> one. Yeah. And then they start like they start trying to figure that out and then they start splashing each other and then like the principal walks or the teacher or whatever walks by uh, in the hall and he sees there's this water under the door and he's like what's going on in there and then and they know like, they're well, they're like in, Olivia in hot had an shit. accident. Yeah, they they know they're in hot <laughs> shit if like the teacher opens the door and there's like an inflatable pool in the classroom. <laughs> but yeah, but before that happens, like he he has like this flashback like I need to get the bottom of this he sees like a detective conan like silhouette and he's like oh i can figure out this mystery and he sticks his finger <laughs> in what they just said was their piss yes. and licks it and he's like i'm very upset that you lied to me this just tastes like water <laughs> one of the girls is like i think he did so <laughs> oh god shit hold on what do you say they go one of the girls is like i think he sounded a little disappointed <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Oh my god! Well, and they all act so that's, like, that's a show in a nutshell. It's like pushing this like absurdist humor, like you know, to the furthest edges it can go. Yeah, they all act normal, and then he walks away, and they like look at each other and like that wasn't normal at all. That was bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I just like the there's weird music cues, like when Olivia is talking about anything related to USA. There's like this weird dinky like recorder version of the United States national anthem playing <laughs> behind it. It just sounds terrible. No. <laughs> it's just so funny. Like everything they do just accentuates the jokes in a way that it mm-hmm. makes it so much better. And it's just great direction and like great work from that studio all around. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, it's one of my favorites of the season. It's great. Same. Well, and <sighs> then and then there's the ending. So like the opening is that really oh, sweet yeah. like uh, like oh this they're so cute like they're such innocent little girls and then the ending is them like screaming a metal song. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it, it's I think it's like Hanukkah who's just like screaming and she's like. Aah! <laughs> yeah, I, I think it, I, all three of them sing it. it. Yeah, the song is called Inkya Impulse. But yeah, it's like a death metal thing. It's so good. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's way more accurate to like how the show feels than the, the OP, <laughs> which is completely ironic. It's misleading as fuck, and it's it's so great. <laughs> I wonder how many people turned off this show after the OP. Like, I really wonder. Because <laughs> like, there's probably some people who are like, what is this? I'm not watching this. <laughs> Yeah, totally different show, guys. You go it's, back and it's watch epic. it. <laughs> yeah, you should try it. <laughs> All right, uh, let's jump into the next one, which okay. is another weird show called Planet With on oh. Crunchyroll, which I think sucks. Oh, what do you? I think it's pretty about? interesting. It's fascinating. So, okay, go ahead. <laughs> generic as hell. It's an original anime uh, from Yohei Suzuki directing. This is at JC staff. He directed Shimoneta, which we liked a lot. Uh, but also Urara Meirocho and Dungeon uh, no Di Sword Oratoria, which were both not so great, in my opinion. I don't know. But this is a weird, like, super robot show uh, that is, like, slowly revealing, like, a kind of interesting plot. Um it's like somewhere halfway between like like a Gurren Lagann and then like a Bubuki Baranki or something with like the CG animation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's like more f- like comedic than either of those shows. I, I would can't say. believe like, you just used Bubuki Baranki because that's like what I compared it to for why it's fucking bad. I know. Yeah, I, I would say this is like sort of a better version of Bubuki Baranki, at least so far, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah, it's just like the visual style reminded me of that and like the characters a little bit. Uh, I'll, I say Gurren Lagann because, like, you find out in the first three episodes, there's this conflict in the universe going on between these races that form the Nebula and, like, humanity on Earth, basically. And there's this certain group of humans who have the ability to fly these, like, anthropomorphic animal mechs. My understanding was that there, there are two groups of aliens, and like one of there them, are. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. think that the humans well, are in Nebula charge. Well, Nebula has two separate factions. Is yeah, what I think, it is. I think the, yeah. the the aliens are like using the humans. I don't think the humans are at all in charge. Like, basically, yeah. The the humans have come to this point in their evolu- evolution where they're able to gain enough power to pose a threat to this Nebula race. Uh, and so there's two factions of Nebulans who want to handle this in different ways there's Mm -hmm. these people who want to seal away the power of humanity forever to prevent it from like taking them down like kind of like the way that like the aliens wanted to seal away the spiral galaxy races in Gurren Lagann um and then there's this other faction so like the faction that wants to seal them away are these like dog people (laughs) and then the (laughs) faction that wants to to send humanity down the path of love is the cat people and one of these cat people was named sensei and he uh 
lives with this young boy named Soya Kuroi who has amnesia. Um, but we find out that he, we find out a little bit later, he is originally from like the galaxy surrounding the star, star Sirius or like the star system surrounding Sirius. Like, and his planet was destroyed by this like cosmic dragon that has given power to like a whole bunch of people and civilizations. And I think it's heavily hinted that like the, the citizens or the grand paladins who are like the people who fight back in mechs against Soya all the time, mm-hmm. uh, got their power from that dragon they have this like these little vials of like magic dust that they wear around their necks and it it seems like something that was given to them or they gained from that power and so that's what the nebula is worried about this this power to fight back um so yeah like every episode like this weird like floating like (laughs) i don't know like bizarro blimp it's always like a weird (laughs) amalgamation of like different body parts and like a grinning face it looks like something someone would like dream of when they've been on like too much acid or something. Honestly, oh god, um, yeah, yeah. It's it's always and weird. they usually say things like peace or smile on them. Well, they, they misspelled peace. Yeah. They called it peas on the first episode. But I think, but I think um, what what they're supposed to do is make people like dream and like not have ambition because like they they kind of like emanate mm-hmm. these weird peaceful dreams to people who get close to it. So I think that's the yeah, idea. Yeah, or they make them face their some kind of illusion that's like their regret or like yeah, something that Ooh, I have a makes... big problem with these illusions. Oh, what's that? <laughs> so, uh, so we've I've only seen the first two episodes. So both of the heroes were motivated by love to achieve their power. Uh, Hido wanted to become became a firefighter because he he loved his mom mom who died in a fire and Miu mm-hmm. who loves uh, Harumi because she wants to be big and strong like her. But before that. Uh, Ginkgo says, so back to the factions, uh, there's the two of them, and her, her factions, they want to see the humans evolve with love and not power, while right. the other faction just wants humans to stop evolving entirely. So, my point is, Hideo became a firefighter because he loved his mom, so he gained power because of his love for somebody, and Mio did the same thing because of her love for Haram, Haram, ooh, Harumi, yeah, or whatever. So, it so confuses me when they do those uh, their little things when they go inside. What the <laughs> fuck this show is, tr- show is trying to say? It's like I feel like it's like contradicting themselves. I'm like I don't know. It felt like they were following the path of love more to me than the power. So I I don't know. I just thought it was really. I don't I don't think it knows what well, it's doing. I think no. Okay, so I think what this is really about is like basically humans have you know, made nuclear weapons and they're dangerous and they're destroying each other and they could eventually destroy like mm-hmm. other races. And so like basically the one group is like, we need to, we need to sort of dumb these humans down and like drug them up with these dreams so that they stop <laughs> becoming dangerous. We need to basically dope them. And then the cat ones are like, no, we need to, we need to let them reach their full potential and like evolve as a species and become something better. Like we, we shouldn't yeah, mess with them. That's the idea. Hideo, what, what's wrong about becoming a firefighter? He's that's like a like more no, of a protection like, type service. Like the idea though is like he's achieved his dream. He doesn't have to fight anymore. He doesn't have to like push ahead to achieve it. And he'll just stay in that. He'll just stay (laughs) in that state, right? And he'll just be in that dream forever, and then he won't be actually doing anything. Yes, right, because he's dreaming of it. 
he's not actually doing it. So that's that's what I, I mean, think I, is going on. I mean, on. it makes sense from the one faction standpoint where they just want to, I guess, put us all in a coma. <laughs> kind of, yeah, yeah. Keep us from doing anything, but mm-hmm. but yeah. So while the show keeps you thinking about like these big, like sort of weird philosophical questions that it keeps posing with like the different uh, illusions, like it also has like a lot of like just fun running gags that I just kind of enjoy oh. like how Soya constantly wants to eat meat yes. like he's trying I to keep, get some goddamn meat I keep thinking of high school DXD every time he says that because there's oh. like oh pie and this one he's like meat I'm like well okay this do, you is, think, do you think it's this. just a gag because I, I keep going back and forth part of me is like yes it's probably just a gag they're probably just making this joke over and over but then part of me is like what if there's actually something to it and he's gonna eat meat and something like ridiculous is gonna happen I guarantee I he's going to have like his ultimate transformation when he finally gets to eat some piece of meat. Like, yes. He keeps getting so close without actually biting like, into like anything. Like he'll finally bite into a piece of chicken or something and then like he'll just transform and like the, the weird blobby cat dude that's his mentor is going to be like, oh no. Super mecha cat. We told, we told him not to eat meat. We tried so hard. <laughs> like... Can we talk about how the blobby cat dude like oh. loves to look up the skirts of the anime figures <laughs> so in his room? It's so bizarre. Uh, apparently, those characters are from um, the the manga writer. He he's written manga previously, so and those are characters from his, his other characters. manga. <laughs> yes, exactly. He's looting them with this cat thing, and it's so weird. Well, and I love well, it because the cat, <laughs> the cat is so serious, right? Like he's so serious, and like I am the teacher, like I am the mentor. But then occasionally, when he thinks no one is looking he'll just like slowly start to raise up the <laughs> models and like stare at the models yeah. panties and then like someone will come in and he'll be like he'll like put it down real quick and be like oh fuck did anyone see <laughs> I, I also think that the fight scenes are pretty decently choreographed sometimes they get like a little muddled they're pretty cg uh and sometimes they move so fast that you don't get a sense of what's happening when but they like fight the yeah. big blimp things nothing happens but when they fight yeah. the uh what's his name soya or something yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah th- then they actually do a little bit more animation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. and it, those those parts are pretty cool. Uh, his ultimate attack is like the, the Giga Cat Hammer, which I like a lot. Uh, I, I don't know, like I just am kind of won over by the show because it's so weird, it's so different. Um, oh God, like, I don't think it's different. Well, I, maybe it's not that different. It's just presented in a way that's kind of fun and weird yeah. and. Yeah. I, I agree with Beacon mm. because like the first few episodes, you're not sure like what what faction the main guy is with even. And y- it's almost like you're seeing it from the villain's perspective at first because they haven't quite explained <laughs> everything. And so that's a weird perspective to introduce everything from. Yeah, it, It's got no. some unique elements to it. Yeah, so I'm watching this and I'm like, I've seen this before. And so I just started making a list of everything I've seen before. I'm like, okay, so kid loses his memories and parents die in an accident. Um, hmm, I think I've seen that. Um, so he, <laughs> well, he very they, conveniently but think, obtains powers for no reason. But I think they <laughs> then he did was that. Chosen. Hmm. I think they did that whole like, he, he lost all of his memories thing as a joke, almost like making fun of that trope. Because like they do it so obviously. Well, then this whole thing's making a, a fun of it everything because then we get cute girl who seems to like him for almost no apparent reason except he was fucking nice to her once (laughs) i don't know how many times i've seen that one well there's a Uh, weird thing with her her last name which he can't pronounce which is like what is it it's a takamagahara which is like 
it's a Shinto dwelling place for of the heavenly gods. So it's like the Shinto heaven or like place of the gods or something. Yeah. So like clearly she is going to have a role in this at some point, I feel like, based on that weird name alone. And then I but, felt like yeah. they went full Power Rangers when they had the bad guys who have a hilarious bad flaw where if you de- defeat one, de- you defeat them all. I was like, <laughs> well, <yeah>. what? <laughs> what kind of design flaw is that? That is just stupid. Uh, I I really only felt like the only appeal is that the main character presumably has to defeat the good guys that's it that's the only thing i kind of like about it the rest of it i'm just like i've seen this show 200 times can i watch another isekai show instead like maybe i think it's better than most isekai (laughs) i don't know like yeah just in terms of direction want to watch uh how not to summon a demon lord five times more than watch this show i can understand that like yeah but yeah i i think it's it's it came I think part of it is I had low expectations and it definitely surpassed them. Uh, like it's definitely better than I expected it to be. So, yeah. Uh, should we move on to the next thing? Let's go on to Island. It's not much better. <laughs> Speaking of low expectations, this is a visual novel adaptation, which pretty much you should have the lowest expectations possible for. Um, Especially when it from- has uh, three lollies as their like main picture display. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And it's a really shitty adaptation. Um, whenever you have a visual novel adaptation in anime, right, people will always say, well, the visual novel was so much better and, like, the anime is just being rushed, right? They'll they'll say that no matter what visual novel it is. Every single time they say that. Partially because, like, the visual novel is always going to be slower because it is a visual novel and you can take it at your own pace and you're, it's the whole point is, like, you know slowing it down and like reading through all the dialogue and like proceeding slowly through this story but yeah no like it's just ridiculous like this one is actually pretty damn rushed like i watched the first four episodes of this and it was so rushed by episode four like the first arc of course is about like one of the three girls because like it's 12 episodes each girl gets four episodes that's how it works in a visual novel adaptation Uh. um but like episode four, like this, like the the bumbling idiot guy who he's he's shown up from like the future or the past. We are not really sure. Future uh, and yeah, I think future. And then like he's he has no like real curiosity about why he's on this island. He just has this weird feeling that he has to do something with these three girls, right? And like he keeps having visions of him just like in intimate situations with these yeah, little girls like, who all look like they're 10. Has he, like, fucked all of them? Is that what's going on in it this seems anime? Like it, or he will. Yeah, because <laughs> that's that's what it feels like when I'm watching this anime. <laughs> so. And, like, the smallest one is, like, always, like, trying to get him to fuck her for some reason. Well, and he's, like, 28 or something. I don't know. She's he's, like, like a man. Fuck me so I can kill you while you fuck me. <laughs> Like that's her. Exactly. Yes. That's her whole thing. I don't really get that. Although she's the cutest one of all of them, like with that hair. I don't. I don't really like that hair. I don't know. It's it's weird. It's a different design than you would expect. It's okay. I don't like the other two girls at all, though. So I, I guess I would say she's like the most unique one. Yeah. I don't even know um, how you guys are debating this show right now. Oh, we're not really debating. When they get to episode four, that like. That one girl, like, they, they go they get off the island, right? And, like, sh- they have this whole character arc in, like, ten minutes. 
That's like her entire story, which probably took like an hour or an hour and a half in the visual novel, at least. And it's so sped up and so ridiculous that even like the visual novel people who would usually say this is sped up, this must be like hyperspeed for them. It's ridiculous. And it, yeah, there's, it just moves on. There's no hook here except for figuring out what the hell the mystery of this island is. And nobody cares. I guarantee you, nobody cares. So we should just move on. Like Leo he's a said. Terminator. He's been sent back in the past to kill one of the girls. I wish <laughs> that would be a more interesting show. <laughs> they put a lot of uh, like money into like work into this anime too. So it's kind of a shame because yeah. like a lot of resources went into it, and like it's just not. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yep. Yeah, like Studio Feel, they can animate shit. Like they do good work. Um, it's too bad that they're working on this show. Oh, yep. Well. <laughs> All right, let's move on to another show that we almost shot under our radar, but it's pretty interesting, called We Rent Tsukumogami on Crunchyroll. Mm-hmm. Is it interesting as you mean in the first episode where they hint that the brother and sister might have the hots for each other, and then we get the line, <laughs> we are not related by blood, but you can find such siblings anywhere. I had to I had to pause the show and just put my face in my hands like, the show's already ruined for me. I cannot, I cannot keep watching this. I'm done already. I mean, there I have is to definitely admit, some weird tension between those two. I have uh, to she's admit, like, when I saw that, I was like, why? You were doing such a good job, and then you had to put the generic brother-sister who aren't related by blood bullshit in there. Like, why? Yeah. yeah. But I, I love the main idea of the show, though, which is based on these Sukumogami, which are like items that uh, people have cherished over like many years of owning them, like little tiny items that they have as like charms or like wall scrolls or just other things that they have around the house that they cherish. And like because they've been cherished so much, they have become like anthropomorphized. They have their own like little spirits and they can talk and like the owners of this little lending shop um, can hear these uh, Tsukumogami talk. Uh, and yeah, it's it's really interesting. Like I, I like how, as opposed to like Kyoto no Homes, where the main two characters um, are the ones who talk about this stuff all the time and, and like solve all the mysteries. Like mm-hmm. in this show, it's like let's let's trick the Sukumogami into going there and spying for us and figuring out this mystery for us, and then we'll and overhear then they can them gossip. talk about it. Yeah, like yeah, old I, I kind of like that. It's really cool. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? I kind of like it. It's it it's interesting. Cu- it's it's, I don't know. It's yeah. not really them solving the mystery. It's the Suhugami's like solving the mystery by listening to gossip, and I just well, I don't yeah. see the appeal of it for so much. The thing I, I really like Holmes show is way better. The, okay, From the, the mystery thing, show this season, Holmes is way better. The thing I like about the show is not the mysteries that it shows. The, the thing I like about it is it's set in the Edo period, which is like the 1600s to the 1800s in Japan, and like. It's very like it's really interesting. You get these glimpses of the way life was in that period that just kind of fascinate me. I don't know. Like you, they go into talking about like all these old antiques and how people would use them. Like they go into this whole description of how they how people would use different wall scrolls 
based on like the purpose mm-hmm. of the tea ceremony and the time of the day. And you get you also get some talk about cool. like yeah. how society and day to day life like worked in in that time in Japan, which is fascinating. Like like a, a at one point there's like a daimyo right who is letting a trusted family like a trusted family who works for him marry one of his daughters, and that's like an honor. And they kind of go into the whole dynamics of that and and the society. And that's interesting because you don't see that a lot. So I like it for that, even though they did the trope. I really liked the wall scroll stuff in episode two where like the wall scrolls like this guy came to them because like his wall scrolls were like changing every night. Mm -hmm. And it turns out like the characters were jumping out of the scrolls and like fighting each other. And it was because like the princess Kaguya like wall scroll like was looking every night up at trying to see the moon and like it was blocked by trees and eventually they figure out like the one of the wall scrolls they have at their lending shop is a very rarely used full moon uh wall scroll and so they they put it up and then kaguya can see it and she's like oh it's so beautiful i'm so happy my wish has been like granted and like all the guys fighting are like Oh well, we, there's nothing left left to fight about, and so the, the wall scrolls go back to normal. It's a, like, it's just to a me cute thing because the shop owner is like, "I think somebody's coming in every night and pranking me and switching out the scrolls," and I'm like, "That's like something really dumb to think of." I think. And then when they do give him, they're like, "Oh, just put the scroll in there; it'll work." He's just like, "Okay," and I'm like, "How gullible is this dude?" <laughs> Well, yeah. okay, but like, what else would you think? Like, if, if it's between supernatural forces are changing all of my merchandise, or someone is pranking I mean, me, I mean, I know which one I would think. <laughs> yeah, but wouldn't you be like sitting up one night looking for this shit, and then when you notice nobody came, you'd be like, "What the?" F-? You would <laughs> something else is going on. You would, I don't know, you have a different train of th- thought. It just doesn't make sense to me. I was just like, "Man, dude." Uh, the other big plus for this show is the OP, which is done by Miyavi, who is like yeah, my is favorite Japanese music producer these days. Like it's fucking a bumper and like it's called Get Into My Heart. And I feel like that makes a lot of sense for the show because mm-hmm. uh, like these like little items are like getting into your heart. Right. You cherish them and you remember them and then they develop these spirits. Um, but besides that, it's just a great song. Um, it's, it's really awesome. It's really upbeat. Like I I. Always get excited when the song comes on. <laughs> I didn't even yeah, know who yeah. was I recommend, by. I recommend everybody start the episode and then just stop it and go to the next episode once you get through <laughs> oh, the OP. You That's fucker. my recommendation. You fucker. This is a good show. Don't listen to him. It's good. Give it a chance. I like that recommendation. <laughs> oh, you assholes. Oh, my god. What? I mean, the song is the best part of the anime. I mean, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you guys are jerks. All right. Well... We'll go on to a worse show right. than that, though. We'll go on to uh, Hanabata. I have a lot to say oh. about you guys, Can you guys be ready for this? Can you take it? I don't know if I can take it. Can you take it? I'll take it. It's Hanabato. <laughs> <laughs> oh, calm down. <laughs> what? Some studio live Don't tell films. me to calm down. This is a life deathly okay. death match. No, no, take it. Because this, of when we were recording is going this. To kill us. Jesus. Because <laughs> okay, of when we're recording this, I've literally been able to watch five episodes of this already. Wow. And um, I kind of needed to because 
when this anime started off, I thought it was very promising because it has really great use of like animation and also CG animation uh, for the badminton scenes, like the shuttlecocks like flying through the air, like in slow motion, and like even more mundane scenes, like where like the CGI is like weaving through like the team's like sneakers on the floor, just gives you this like dynamic movement, and it all looks really nice. Uh, the character designs are pretty strong and there's like high quality like mixing in of the hand-drawn animation too mm-hmm. and so it brings the badminton into life in a way that's really well done early in the show <laughs> I was happy with the balance of the drama and the release like from that drama oh. like I'm not against people taking sports very seriously like I definitely took sports seriously in high school and was around other people who did and like became professional and like I can understand how like if you take sports seriously enough it like bleeds over into every part of your life and a lot of your like decision making right Mm -hmm. and so like the main character or one of the mains in this story is named Nagisa Aragaki she's the captain of her high school badminton team and she's recovering from a really bad loss that has her questioning whether she even wants to play Batman in it all anymore, like whether she's meant to play it or if she just doesn't have the talent. Uh, meanwhile, the girl who beat her is named Ayano Hanasaki, and she's quit Batman altogether and is looking for a new start, trying to do anything else. However, with each of these girls, like one of their friends, like encourages them to just keep going or get back to badminton. And so they end up in the same badminton club for high school. So there's a lot of tension and they have like a rematch. And Nagisa kind of has to come to terms with the fact that like Ayano is just better than her. She's just more talented. And like what she needs to focus on is like making her whole badminton team better so they can perform better in tournaments, not just making herself better, even though she wants to do that too. And she she comes around to that viewpoint like pretty early on by like episode three like her her like drama is kind of like wrapped up and I was like okay good like thank God the drama is over for now oh, like no. we can like move forward <laughs> but it's not <laughs> move forward as friends you know it's if just you, the if beginning. you can inject soap <laughs> opera into your veins this is mm-hmm. what you would get. <laughs> so yeah unfortunately Ayano has a very over dramatic backstory she has a really shitty mother at least that's the way her mother is being portrayed so far her mother is a former professional badminton like singles champion who has trained Ayano from a young age to be like basically her successor and when Ayano like loses this big match against another girl her mother basically takes it as a sign that like she's just not good enough or she doesn't care enough about being like the successor for her legacy so her mom fucking leaves abandons her daughter and goes to train this dutch girl named connie christensen instead she she gets like a new more talented pseudo daughter basically is what she does yes she upgrades her daughter throws out last year's model and gets a new one uh, and she gives, like, no indication of, like, ever planning to come back. Like, she doesn't talk to her daughter. She just left. And I'm sure she'll have, like, some bullshit reason for why it was a good thing. But, like, no, she just seems like a crazy person. Um, so then Connie, the the Dutch, like, student, returns to Japan and finds an opportunity to face off against Ayano. This is, like, by episode four or something. And, like basically beats her but also Connie is like a terrible fucking teammate she's playing doubles right and like she like basically tells her doubles teammate like just stay out of my way I don't need you I can beat them one on two and like proceeds to like basically try to do that and like 
she they eventually win the match like though connie like kind of realizes she needed her partner by the end but still she's such a bitch and like after the match she goes up to Iono. she's like you really aren't your mother's daughter like considering her mother has like abandoned this girl like it's such a shitty thing to say like the level of drama got so unbelievably unnecessary that it just leaves a huge sour taste in your mouth at that point and like I like a certain level of sports drama. I'm not against it. But like this mother leaving her children because she wants a better badminton protege. Are you kidding me? Like uh, why I do this? Become all I ask of you is just to do my take my impressions and just insert it in here because <laughs> it's exactly how I thought it was going to turn out to be. And like I said, then yeah. I'm sad it went this way because the show, it's visually stunning. It's some of the best I've seen lately. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then also, yeah. uh, tra- trainer is back from horse, horse girls, pretty derby. Oh yeah. <laughs> the coach like feels up her hands. She's like, Oh, you have those like springy live, like badminton playing hands. It's like, how can you even fucking tell? Like what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you bastard. Uh, he's yeah. like looking at the girls through like the fence. Like uh, that has mostly gone away after the first episode, thankfully. But, uh, but it's been replaced by this crazy drama that's like ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't. Even, I, I, all I did was watch episode one, and then that that was too much for me. And then I know I had I had just had a brief conversation with you, Bcom. I'm like, man, the drama is turning out. That I'm also seeing things that say the drama is turning out like I thought it would. And then you, there was only like two episodes out, so like you went on the defensive with me, mm-hmm. and then it was like two weeks later, and you just sent me a message. You, you go, I watched episodes three and four. It is too much. <laughs> I was just like, oh my God. I was like, and you holy know, shit, how much worse did it get? You know if VCOM says it's too much, it's too damn much. Yeah, yeah. that's when I was like, oh, that almost made me want to watch the episodes to see how bad they got. Yeah, but like, oh, yeah, but like you said, Kat, if VCOM said the drama was too much, there's no way I'm going to touch that. Give me a break. <laughs> uh, yep. Oh, so it's really frustrating. I really wanted to like this show. And I will keep watching it because, like, I, I like the animation enough that I'll keep watching it. But, like, it just made me so angry at the stupidest, the stupid plot line it decided to go down. Well, if they do dubs, they could just rechange a whole lot of the dialogue and it might be okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just redub it to, like, a completely different <laughs> script. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be awesome then. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think you got a special one you wanted to throw in oh, here, okay, right? Okay, yeah. So I watched Lord of Vermilion. Uh, I, I know neither of you did. I just wanted to let everyone know <laughs> it, it's pretty much a trash <laughs> anime. Like I was excited because it looked interesting. It it has the storyline about how a strange like red mist envelops Tokyo, and then a bunch of people faint. And like, tur- like disappear and turn into red mist themselves, and then some people wake up from this disaster, and everything's like it's supposed to be this mystery about what's going on with the red mist and like these powers that come from the red mist. But like, really, so <laughs> it's there's these two boys. There's and they both like are they're living in a dojo. One is the son of the the guy who runs it, and the other was adopted. And from the beginning, you can tell that it's supposed to be some sort of like pseudo yaoi pairing because like the black haired <laughs> boy is like, I, I, we could run the dojo together, and I could be like your wife, and we would be great. And like he says, I could be like your wife. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> they're throwing that out there right away, aren't they? <laughs> they're letting <laughs> you know. 
Um, so then the disaster happens, and the white-haired boy takes forever to wake up. He finally does, and then within like ten minutes of waking up, like the black-haired boy's dad like morphs into a monster, and then the other boy kills him, and then drama ensues and like crying. And oh boy, it's it's not good. It's terrible. It's just so generic. Like all of the things in this anime have been done before. Like, and the plot doesn't really even make sense. Like the, the elements of this plot are so mismatched and like squished together. And I don't really even know if they know what they want to do with this anime. Oh, to wow. be honest. <laughs> I'm looking at the mouse score. And it's at a 5.47. It's bad. Like, Ooh, sometimes... That's low. really sad yeah. for Ma- Mal. <laughs> sometimes I'll be, look, I'll be watching it, because I watched three episodes, and I'll be like, what? Do they even understand what the plot is themselves? Because they're, like, trying to explain it to you, and, like, I'm confused, and I can tell, like, they're confused. Like, I, I don't really know what the source is for this. I, I think it's a card game. Um, it's very... It's just convoluted. It's not good. Don't watch this. I, I got sucked into this. I thought like, oh, maybe, maybe it'll be good. I was excited. I wasted an hour and a half of my life. Oh no! Don't waste it's it. Clockwork a- Planet all over again. <laughs> well, I, I wasted a lot more than an hour and a half of my life on Clockwork Planet. <laughs> D- don't waste any of your time on this anime. I'm just letting you know, it's not good. I also wanted to mention one other anime that we can't technically cover because it's on Netflix and it just has like, it's going to be on Netflix anyway. And it, it like so far, as far as fan subs, it kind of has meme subs, which admittedly are really funny, but like are not very serious. <laughs> like, so <laughs> like it, it's like they ripped it from the TV broadcast. Right. And so, you know how there's usually like the cut-ins from like the sponsor, like Kanobango sponsor, blah, 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 blah. Uh, like they, they sub what the sponsor is saying with like ridiculous like phrases that are not at all what they're saying but they sound like what they're saying it's really funny um anyway high score girl is the show and it's really fantastic so far it is basically an advertisement for old capcom arcade games but it's in the best way possible because they really get it um and so like basically this this little kid and this little girl become friends over playing at an arcade like when she just like whoops his ass in street fighter (laughs) like mercilessly and it's so good and like everybody's like really surprised that she's so good at it and like she's she's really interesting as a character she never speaks ever doesn't talk at all she's like a rich girl you this yeah she's a rich girl from a rich family and like it's really interesting though because like she expresses so much through her like body language and through like smacking this kid who's uh, being an idiot most of the time uh and and just like genuinely like flirting with him as things move on and stuff like that and just clearly like latching onto him as a friend who has a who shares an interest with her in these games like like street fighter and like splatterhouse and all these old capcom arcade games and it's so much fun to see them like go through and like beat these games and like talk about the crazy things that like took place in like those old arcade machines like where like street fighter the original street fighter machine like you had to hit the buttons harder to do like harder attacks so you're like slamming on these like rubber buttons it's so dumb and it's so nostalgic for anybody who played those arcade machines back then or like ever since then 
And so, yeah, I think this show is going to blow up when it gets to Netflix and like some of like the old like retro gaming crowd hears about this. Um, and yeah, it's just so well done. And like the the little like emotional arc between the characters is actually really nicely done, uh, which I did not expect. Uh, the animation is kind of like CG and it's a little stilted, but I still think it works pretty well. It doesn't look terrible in, in, in any way. Like I've completely gotten used to it. and I just love the show regardless of that. So, I, I agree yeah. with everything you just said, and that's what I did love in the manga. Yeah. Up until, I, I won't say it because it's potential spoilers, <laughs> but if the anime does get there, uh, let me know, become. Okay. <laughs> you, you, it just something happens, and something I'm just happens. like, fuck yeah. this show. I was like, fuck this manga after that point, so... Yeah, I would say the first three episodes are such a good little capsule because, like, there's a time skip after that and a new character is introduced. But, like, I almost felt like if the, if the if this was, like, a short anime or a short movie that is was it a just... Blonde? The, it's a blonde girl, yes. Oh, shit, that's... Wow, that's quick. Yeah, it's very quick. Yeah, it, it almost felt like the anime should end after episode three. It was really interesting. Uh, it didn't feel rushed, though, I will say. It just felt like, man, this like came. This is like a nice, really short arc. It could almost be like a nice little like hour-long movie, and I would love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's moving on from there. I'm curious about like the next arc of this thing. But yeah, okay. we should move on to the last show we have to cover this season, Attack on Titan Season oh, 3. Shit. It's a titan of a show. Oh, shit. It really <laughs> is. It's, a, it's an amazing so, show. I... Let me grab this one. Okay, so I love to make fun of Aaron, <laughs> but the fucking opening season, scene to season three was just like, you guys are making this way too fucking easy. Because we open <laughs> with Aaron in such an O-Aaron way because he's suffering from a form of Titan erectile dysfunction and can't get, <laughs> I quote, hard. Oh I'm just like, hard. guys, you, you can't get hard. I'm you like, went there. Show you, you just hand, you just hand me this so easily, Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah. Well, before we get into the plot, I just want to talk about the OP because I love this new I, OP so I much. I don't like it at all. Oh, really? I'm okay with it. They finally got away from the Linked Horizon stuff, which I didn't like in season two's OP. Um, and to me, this this band sounds exactly like a Japanese Muse cover band. And I say that in a good way because I like Muse a lot. <laughs> so <laughs> it's got like that piano heavy, like rock style with like a really dynamic singer. Um, and I, I really like this OP. It kind of feels like a little bit like a throwback to some like, like 90s OPs, like just like kind of more hopeful and like. I don't know. There's a lot of interesting visual stuff going on with it too. So it's it's probably my favorite OP since season one easily, and I don't know where it ranks amongst the season one OPs because those are both fantastic. But yeah. Uh, okay. Do you want me to get into uh, the synopsis a little bit? Sure. Okay. So starts off. Passionate gets uh, after Aaron's uh, problems. Uh, Passionate <laughs> gets uh, murdered, and Hanj figures out it was by the military police uh, who tortured him for information on the Reese Reese family. Uh, Levi figures he never gave up any information because they had to remove all his fingernails. And basically the, the only way they ever get information is when they take off one fingernail. If they have to take off one and they still don't give it up, taking off the rest doesn't make them say anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they've also figured out that somebody in the government is now actively moving and they have to figure out who it is and who's moving against them. That's when Erwin gets a note to them informing them that uh, all scout activity outside the walls 
it has been seized and there's canceled and they can't do it anymore. And that there's also military police on the way after them. Shortly after uh, the who did he get that from? What was that commander's name? Erwin. Yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, shortly after Erwin got this message out, he then got arrested himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But fortunately, our group got away in time as like the military police show up and start raiding the cabin they're in. And they, just, they decide to hold up in the Trost district, district until they figure out who their enemy really is. Uh, they end up using body doubles for Krista and Aaron, uh, who end up being captured very quickly. Uh, they trail them and capture the people that took the body doubles. Uh, one of the body doubles was like Armin. And like <laughs> the, captor, felt up. <laughs> the captor was just feeling him up and shit. And Armin's like, and like even Mikasa's like, hey, we need to go in and bust her bust in there. I don't think Armin's gonna be the same again after this. <laughs> At first I thought that was still Krista because I wasn't really paying close attention to what was happening. And I was yeah. like, Oh my god, Attack on Titan, what are you doing? This is so messed up. And I was like, Oh, it's Armin. It's still messed up, but it's kind of funny now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you bring that up. If you go and you look at the pick for my anime list, mm-hmm. Chris uh Christine's in the middle. You can mm-hmm. easily mistake her for Armin. <laughs> oh, easily. Yeah. Same it's eyes. It's crazy. Like yeah. <laughs> so uh, Levi ends up heading back to watch the uh, wagon that actually has the two of um, Aaron and Christine. And then we just briefly find out that Levi used to live with a legendary murderer called Kenny the Ripper. Ooh, original. Kenny the uh, Ripper. I like this guy. <laughs> I think I like he's ridiculous, but like in, a, in an amazing way. Like he just yeah, jumps he into like places. Shows up. Yeah. <laughs> he, didn't he just, he said right at the end of the episode, he shows up and kills the other two people with Levi. And then he goes after Levi. And that's how the first episode ended. You guys got thoughts on that one? Uh, uh, yeah. Well, it's interesting that they're after uh, Historia and Aaron. Like we, we learned so much about them in season two. We know Aaron's like the coordinate and we know that uh, Historia obviously is like the true heir probably to the royal family. And Correct. so they've clearly figured out that like they've learned this information maybe from Pastor Nick, maybe from somebody else. And like, yeah, they've like they're doing everything they can to cover it up now. So yeah, yeah. it's, it's and, interesting. And they talk they talk later about how they've done this before. Like people find out information and they just cover it up however they have to do it, right? Like the government. Yeah. Um and it's it's an interesting shift for the season for the series as a whole, because you've gone from they're going out and like yes. attacking titans to now there's all these factions within the city and they're not even messing around with titans really they're they're like hiding from other people and everything yeah so it is a very noticeable shift in what the anime is doing as a whole it's a lot darker than any of the previous seasons i would say one other shift is that <laughs> Levi is finally like a big main character again, which he really wasn't for all of season two, mm-hmm. uh, which a lot of people were upset about. But well, like, a lot of so a lot funny. of female like, people. <laughs> as soon as he comes back, like Aaron is like Aaron is like just has like PTSD of getting scolded for not like being the best like maid <laughs> like cleaning like the freaking cabin they're staying in and like it's he's he's right though because like Levi comes back like rubs his finger under the tail table is like I thought I, I know I gave you enough time to clean this place and they're all like horrified about like what will happen but they have to move so it doesn't matter yeah, but also who checks the underside of the table I mean come yeah, seriously. on <laughs> He's ridiculous. So, yeah, speaking of <laughs> Levi being the main character, uh, he basically gets a 15-minute spotlight that is basically a 15-minute uh, Matrix scene. 
action yeah. scene. It's yeah. fucking awesome. It's insane. It is. So, anyways, Kenny's yeah, Kenny's got his own like squad of like elites. They obviously trained, and they go after Levi and it's the giant ac- action scene. At one point, Levi finally gets the upper hand for a minute when he takes Kenny out of the fight just just momentarily. Uh, that's when he ends up killing a few of his lackeys and whatnot. And he finally gets uh, back with the rest of his squad. And they go after the cart with uh, Krista and Aaron, or Historia and Aaron, who I don't even call her. <laughs> uh, but the big thing is Levi's squad is struggling with killing humans, and it's holding some of them back. And of all people, it's Armin who has to shoot one of them to save uh, Jean's life. Uh, Kenny's group yeah. does manage to get away with the two. And of course, Armin killing somebody, like, he's puking, and like he's asking Mikasa, like, was it like this for you the first time you did it? And then like Levi has to give him the speech, you know, you're like, you did it to save John's life, not to kill, you know, somebody, something like that. Yeah. Embrace the new you, he says. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they end up questioning the Reeves guy who was kind of the one who captured them. And what basically happened was the military police forced him to, to do it. And Reeves big thing is he's basically, he runs a giant company he almost has a monopoly over everything, and but he's he's doing it like in a very positive fashion. Like he's making sure people have jobs, people have things to do. Well, he's, he's also, also a reason. crook, though. Like he he does do positive things for the community, but he's also a crook because like he's the one who a of like a mafia don or he, something. He's the one yeah. who yeah. blocked yeah, that, like that entrance in the like last season or the season before that even, and like almost killed all yeah. those people because he's a but fucking he's idiot. Also the reason the Trost District hasn't just fallen in complete chaos yet. I'm not saying so, he's evil. Re- I'm just saying he's not yeah. like a saint yeah. either. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He'll do things. You know, if it's more advantageous towards him, he'll do it. But yeah. Yeah. yeah you, I think thinking it was like a Don or something like that's probably a pretty good call there, Beacon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Reeves decides to work with them and they end up capturing the two uh, who killed Nick. And like they torture one of them. And it's like, oh, uh, what's, what's your name? Hange? Yeah. yeah Hange, Hange and Levi. Hange, and yeah. like they're being like, they're being like really psychotic about it they really are (laughs) yeah but the guy is like not talking so what they do is they set it up that his partner gave everything away and what they do is force them to basically read a script saying like oh the other guy was an idiot nobody liked him and everything like that so then the other guy finally he's just like despite him tells them what they want to know and the big reveal is that Reese is the true heir to the throne Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Uh, but then later on, Reeves also gets killed by Kenny and his son. By, by I'm sorry, just by Kenny. But his son ended up seeing the whole thing, but he hasn't revealed it to them yet. Uh, and then, like the just the very final scene is Historia and Aaron have been brought to Historia's father, who's like holding her and apologizing to her. He's like, "I'm so sorry about this." And then just I'd like to quickly note this is where I actually kind of left off in the manga was Yay. Reeves being killed. So. I knew the Historia thing, her being the heir, like, the whole time. But from this point on, I'm in the dark with the rest of us, so. Oh, that's cool. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kat, what do you think about this so far? I think it's it's really dark. It's a lot, like I said, it, it's got different, it's very different from the other two seasons so far. I'm enjoying <laughs> it. I do think if anyone wants, is trying to jump in at this point, that they need to at least watch the last few episodes of last season before it will it will help them a lot because i i mean i just finished watch watching season two like a couple months ago and i was still confused you know like it took yeah. me a minute they, they jump in and they don't give you any recap which which personally i think is a weakness of an anime because you should be able if there's only a season in between to to kind of pick it up like you shouldn't have to 
you know? Yeah, season two kind of added some political parties, but these first two episodes, like, really delved into it. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's why it's gotten kind of confusing. Yeah, that's, so that's I part would of the say big thing. it is confusing. You probably should watch the last few episodes of last season again just to remind yourself because, like, I don't consider myself an idiot, but I had problems with this. I was confused at first. Yeah, if you need a reminder, yeah, do that. But if you have not yeah. seen anything, I you definitely need to go to the very beginning, I would say. Otherwise, oh, you're, no you're going to miss a lot there's of stuff. There's no way if you've not seen anything. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if you come into this thinking, I saw season two a couple months ago, I'll be fine. Like, that, it's not going to fly no. that way. You're going to be confused. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, I like it as a whole. Oh, okay, I will say... They have increased the budget for the animation of this anime yet again. I don't even know how that's possible because season two was like well animated and season one was well animated. It is like God tier mm-hmm. level now. <laughs> like I couldn't first... believe how long that action scene went on with yeah, Levi and Kenny the... chasing him. Oh, I like, know. It was insane. Like with him, like them like flying through the air while the cart is going underneath and like Levi is like going all over the fucking place and it all looks fluid and good. And there's like a lot of like perspective shots as he's like sliding down rooftops. I'm just like, are you I, I couldn't believe it kept going. I was just like, I just got like looking down at like a clock. I was like, are you serious? This is like minutes <laughs> later. This scene is still going. Like usually when you get like Sakuga clips, they're like, I don't know, like 30 seconds long at the most or like maybe a minute. This was like several minutes of really beautiful animated like action. And it was unbelievable. Yes. Even, it was definitely a statement. I feel even like. like the first image that comes up in the very first episode of the season, like it's an, an eye and every like we were watching this in a watch party together and all of us were like oh shit because it's so (laughs) well animated that even just a picture of the eye we're like oh damn like (laughs) you see that beautiful eye and you're like is this after the rain (laughs) (laughs) with studio long show (laughs) yeah it's 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 beautiful it's beautiful Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yeah i'm super excited to keep watching that um me too that brings us to a close, though. That is all of the anime airing this summer. So now we shall move on to the most important part, which is the vote. Dun, 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 dun. So this is the way the vote works for this podcast. Cat, Leo, and I are going to watch 10 shows together throughout this summer season. Four of those shows are ones that we're going to come to consensus on right now that we all want to watch, like, the most out of everything airing. And then each of us is going to get two shows that are our locks, and there's two different types of locks. The first lock is a soft lock, and what that means is that at least one other person on the podcast has to have it as, like, one of their top 15 anime of this season on the the lists that we've made prior to this um because like they'll they'll still be a rotating reviewer for that show so like at least one other person needs to be able to review it from week to week so it's not like something that only one host is reviewing then there's the hard lock which is one that like the the host can choose this show and force everybody else to watch it no matter what (laughs) and like they will always review the show but everybody else has to watch it and follow along and we will try to use these picks for good and not slavery so We may, we, we may end up making mid-season cuts on certain shows, so we'll have that opportunity to switch things out if they go like way downhill. Um, and yeah, if listeners like really want us to be covering something that we're not covering, like we always will pay attention to that if you contact us through Twitter or in the YouTube comments or wherever else you can find us. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, one thing about this season is that Attack on Titan is really good. And it's also a really big fucking show and we all want to watch it. So we just basically decided we're locking that in as like the first show, like mm-hmm. because we we just didn't want it to affect our voting, basically. Yep. Like so and so that doesn't just dis- like disrupt the rest of the voting. Attack on Titan is the first lock. Yep. And so there will be three consensus shows. So I guess now it's time to talk about our top 15 anime. How did we do this last time? Did we read it like in reverse order from 15 to 1? I think that's how we did it. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, Leo, um, why don't you go first? I'll go first. So, at number 15, <laughs> yes, this is how much I hate everything else on this list between this one and uh, number 10. I put My Hero Academia Season 3 as my number 15 spot because I just disliked everything else from this season. Uh, and, like, you're saying because, like, yeah, you, you are not the biggest fan of My Hero Academia. Like, or you yeah, don't necessarily yeah. want to watch it anyway. Yeah, I just I don't want to watch it because I've already seen the material. And it's yeah. still very recent in my mind. Right. At number 14, I put uh, Review Starlight. 13, Happy Sugar Life. 12, Rent Tsuku Megami. 11, Angels of Death. Uh, 10, <laughs> Yuna and the Haunted Hot Spring. From this point on, these were things that I actually kind of did enjoy. Number I, nine, I How Not to Summon like, a Demon Lord. I almost want to disown you for putting that as 10, by the way. <laughs> Yuna and the Haunted yeah, Hot Spring. But my okay. list basically stopped at nine, and I was just like, well, what, was there anything else I liked <laughs> that I was at least enjoying? I was like, well, this one had boobies. Let's put that in there. <laughs> Uh, so my number eight was Chio School Road. Seven Homes of Kyoto. Six Asobi Asobase. Number five Sirius Yeager. Mm-hmm. Number four Banana Fish. Number three Harukana Receive. Wow, hi. Number, yeah, I, I really like. I he, just he enjoy really likes those the tight bikini bottoms. That's what he likes. Man. Hey, you got you got to keep the sand out. You're gonna get some serious chafing. <laughs> Uh, number two, Angle Lomois, and at number one, Cells at Work, which should have been obvious <laughs> from my <Yeah>. review. <laughs> Be uh, calm. Yeah. What do you think? Okay, so one caveat for my list is that I think High Score Girl would have been like top three on this list if I felt we could cover it. But like the the subs are meme subs. Maybe we'll be able to cover it when it comes out on Netflix. But that's too bad. Okay, so starting from fifteen. At number 15, I have One Room Second Season because I would have so much fucking fun talking about that show. <laughs> it's it's actually kind of entertaining for you to retell that show because I just sit here and just keep shaking my head back and forth like, what are you watching? It's so ridiculous. Oh, that's, that's not a really serious choice. So number 14, I have Steins Gate Zero all the way down here because oh, it just... Why did you even have it there? Sorry, because like <laughs> I know that show is going to do something interesting. Do you do you do you know yeah. that though? <laughs> I think so. I, the the visual novel got good reviews when it came out that it's based on. Like there must be something in there, uh-huh. right? So sure. I don't know. I'm going to keep watching it, but we don't need to cover it anymore. I don't feel like um, thirteen happy sugar life because of the edge and it's fun. Uh, 12, Hane Bado, 11, Harukana Receive, and then here's the top 10. So I have a 10, My Hero Academia Season 3, which I think would still be interesting to follow. At number 9, Angle Moi, Record of Mongol Invasion. At 8, Banana Fish. Uh, 7, Chio School Road. 6, Review Starlight, which I'm really enjoying. At 5, Planet With. At four, free dive to the future season three, God baby. Uh, at three, Asobe Asobase. <laughs> at two, Sirius the Jaeger. And at one, 
again, sells at work because it's fucking great. Your four, five, and six have me so fucking worried about where your locks are. <laughs> so bad. Oh, man. All right. So All right, Kat, now it's my you. turn. Okay. So I've, I've got at 15, Hanabato. 14, Chio School Road. 13, Harakana Receive. 12, Homes of Kyoto. 11, Happy Sugar Life. For the same reasons. Because it's just so ridiculous. <laughs> Um, okay, then yeah. I've got. It'd be top fun 10. to talk about. Yeah. It would be like I know it's some bullshit, but like it it would it would be something to talk about. I'll tell you. Okay, top ten. Also, <laughs> <laughs> B also base is ten. Nine is Revue Starlight. Eight is My Hero Academia. Seven is Planet With. Six is We Rent Suku Mogami. Five is Free. Four is Angamwa. I'm going to say it the French way. Uh, three is Cells at Work. Yeah. Two is Sirius the Jaeger. And one is Banana Fish. All right. And I th- I've heard that Angle is the correct pronunciation. Like I looked at like the Japanese kanji and it's like Anguru Moi or something like that. Okay. So, yeah. okay. Okay. So that is how you're supposed to say it. That's good. Okay. So based on those three lists oh, and shit. some statistical calculations, oh, our top four become Attack on Titan, of course, as we said, mm-hmm. followed by Cells at Work, Yay! and then Sirius the Jaeger, and Banana Fish in number four. So that I, I really am happy with that top four. I think that represents like basically the best shows of the season mm-hmm. uh, in a lot of ways. Yeah. You're the only one who ranked Banana Fish so far away from the top five. I mean... Yeah, and I, I still really like it. Like I talked about how I had like some issues... But yeah, I mean, we're it's it's still something that will be very interesting to talk about, regardless. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just a couple shows I liked more than it, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I maybe I ranked it too low. Mm-hmm. But okay, okay, it's lock time. So Leo, cool. you have the first soft lock this time All around. All right. All right. My first soft lock. I'm picking this one specifically because our first four shows are pretty serious with maybe cells at work not being as serious mm-hmm. so i'm gonna go with asobi aso base as my soft lock okay ah, see i knew that's i could count good. on you there you go that's a good that's a solid pick <laughs> i'm glad that show's making it too it's so yeah. freaking good <laughs> yep all right uh cat you were up next with a soft lock God okay damn you cat <laughs> there we i'm going to pick free as my soft lock because okay, it's more sporty this season there's less like like relationship stuff. I think it'll be more competition based. You'll like it. It'll nice. be fine. <laughs> I, I'm like really pouting. enjoying it. So yeah. Yeah. Leo's pouting in the corner, but that's okay. <laughs> <sighs> I have no idea what's going on, so it'll be interesting. <laughs> All right. Uh, that brings me to my first lock, which is Planet With. I yes. really like this show, Leo. I know you don't like it that much, God but I hope, I hope it turns around. Yes. Oh my gosh. I hope it we turns around because I think it's so one of the most interesting shows of the season. And it's just weird and out of nowhere. And if I'm wrong about it, we will drop it and replace it. <laughs> uh, so, Leo, that brings us to the faded, the Jereku of locks, the hard lock. <laughs> so, let's see. What do you, you want to put up? 
I am going to go with how Connor received because I'm trying to force Kat's hand on another show. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, interesting. Oh, man, there's no, strategy what are you doing? here. <laughs> let's just, you let's want- just note that Leo has skipped You're over his number two anime of the season <laughs> to lock his number three You're anime of the season. You're putting pressure on me. <laughs> You're, I'm using ha- getting the selected to go first to my just, advantage the best I can. You just don't <laughs> want to cover Revy Starlight and you think this is your way out. You're such a bitch. God damn it. Why did you do this? Oh. I feel like we should have dramatic choose, music. You, I feel like we should have dramatic music in the background right now. Oh my god. Um, Maybe we will. Maybe if I care enough, we will. Oh no, when did this turn into Hanebato? So intense. Oh my god. Oh. Alright, oh, so that cats. leaves it up to Cat for oh, the second hard block. We need some Jeopardy music for Cat here. Oh fuck. I don't, but the thing is, I don't want to cover that all the time. Like, that's not fair. Uh, god damn it. Hey, I think, I think. I think next season you have to go first. So uh, I know, I know. Um, oh no, I think next season Cat goes last. I'm oh, pretty she sure. Go last. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I don't know. We can look. We'll have to figure it out. Cat, uh, I got your back. I feel like so. Just pick whatever you want. Uh, don't. Well, <laughs> I feel like this is team talk. Oh my god! Oh my god! I don't know. Um, I I feel like uh, no. Um, I'm gonna pick. <laughs> I'm going to pick We Rent Sukumogami because I like it Ooh, and I know neither of you like it. So fuck off. <laughs> See, Leo, you done fucked up. I know. I didn't want to do what you wanted me to do. So stubbornly. <laughs> well, Kat, you skipped your next in line also. Well, well I don't think you can you complain about that, Leo. Thing, you did you it fucker. too. <laughs> and what that means is that I get to, to hardlock review fucking Starlight. Woo! <laughs> I hate all four of your guys' uh, fucking lives. You should only blame yourself. You are the one who tried to manipulate me. If you try to fucking manipulate me, I'm gonna stick my I head still, in the sand. If, <laughs> if I I'm had so happy put right now. Anglomoss as my hard lock, I would have been sad we weren't covering Harakana Receive. And I'm sad we're not covering but like I don't want to necessarily do it by myself. I was hoping someone would have yeah. it be their soft lock. Change your soft lock. What? I'm not gonna do it <laughs> no. now. No, it's not final. You can. You still got time oh, to change. The podcast so is final. not over. Listen, oh, Leo, man. this, this you, Google lock, you this made Google your has bet. Been locked down. You made your bet. You sat. You laid in the bed. You have to deal with your choices. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so anyways, if I would pick Anglemoss, you would pin we we went Tsukugomi anyway, so I just fucking lose lose every either way. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> well, she may have picked Review Starlight or something. I don't know. I don't know what would happen. Leo, it's a mystery. So apparently I'm gonna be a bad guy this season because I'm gonna fucking hate on everything. Well Oh, you're gonna be happy reviewing Harokana Receive though. You're gonna be very happy. You'll like it. Yeah. Yeah. And I got my two locks. These are the te- two locks I wanted. <laughs> so I'm very happy. <laughs> and with that, Leo, why don't you take us out and we can start getting going on this summer season with the next episode. Fine.
Everybody, thanks for listening. Remember to like, follow, and subscribe <laughs> so to us bitter. on YouTube and all that fun stuff. So, so you can get updates on new <laughs> podcasts or videos. Uh, you can also find our podcast on iTunes and Google Play and Stitcher and follow us on Twitter at Nerdum and other for updates as well. With that, we'll see everybody next time. <laughs> Bye. Such see an ya. angry boy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>